When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You're listening to a Score North podcast right now, and if you're a business owner, so are your customers. In fact, I could be talking about your business right now, telling the tens of thousands of loyal fans about you and sending them to your business. Find out how you can partner with your favorite Score North podcast. Visit scorenorth.com now and enter keyword partner. Fill out the form, and we'll get in touch with you quickly. Once Phil, Judd, Declan, or others start talking about your company, you'll be amazed at how many fans start showing up. So visit scorenorth.com now and enter keyword partner. TCL is a proud sponsor of the Score North Studios. TCL, America's fastest growing TV brand. The Vikings game just ended. What'd you think? Let's hear it. It's Vikings Vent Live. Call us at 651-646-8255 or tweet us at Score North. Vent, this is Vikings Vent Live. The fake in the pass. Caught. Kendrick Bourne for the touchdown. Third and ten, down to the last couple of minutes of the opening quarter. Garoppolo under pressure, hit as he throws. It's a wobbly pass, and somehow it's Kendrick Bourne who's able to come back and catch the duck. Coleman is the back, Juszczyk is the fullback. Give it to Coleman, and he goes for the touchdown. Screw it, Judd. Yes? We're going to start early. Vikings vent line. Well, the game's done, right? Uh, what what is it like? Ten minutes left in this. Uh, as I said, the game, death march. The game's done, right? The vent lines are open. Six five one six four six eight two five five. As we sit here right now, and we eleven minutes left in the fourth quarter, and mm-hmm. we and we miserably and slowly say goodbye to the Vikings two thousand nineteen season. They trail twenty seven to ten as we start this show. The first down race is not close. The San Francisco 49ers, to this point in the game, have 20 first downs to the Vikings' four. The San Francisco 49ers have 271 yards of total offense to the Vikings' 85, Judd Zolgad. Mm-hmm. And yards per play, the Vikings are averaging, including the Stefan Diggs 41-yard touchdown, mm-hmm. 2.8 yards per play offensively. Your initial thoughts? Eight offensive Possessions. I'll, I'll uh, piggyback off the direction in which you're going in, Phil Mackey. Eight offensive possessions, five three and outs, one three play drive that and ended in a mysterious uh, pick by Richard Sherman that I'm still not sure if Thielen quit the route or it hurt too much to run yeah. or what, but the ball was clearly thrown right to the defender and the offensive player stopped. Uh, one first down on a drive that uh, that uh, resulted in a field goal, and then, as you said, the touchdown, 41-yard touchdown, which was probably like a 20-yard throw uh, to Diggs, which he took the rest of the way, probably 21 yards or yeah. so. Yeah, this was the only, the only recent parallel I can come closest to saying as far as disappointment in game uh, versus expectation. This reminds me of the Gopher-Badger game, where I thought, oh, man, now this is going to be a big boy matchup. This is going to be fun to watch. Yeah. And um, it doesn't start disastrous. I mean, it didn't start great because the Vikings did give up an early touchdown. But it didn't feel like the game at, at halftime was was done. Yeah. But the third quarter started, 
and it felt like the game was done. Yeah. I mean, so it feels like go for Badger, and uh, it's disappointing because that yeah. Saints win was a great win, and I I would like to recall all mentions by myself personally of the fact that going into the playoffs, I said, well, the Saints are the toughest team in this conference, not uh, San Francisco. Clearly, I was wrong. Yeah. Well, I uh, I was wrong as well because I said on yesterday's Mackie and Jeb with Rami show and on our pregame show today, I said the San Francisco 49ers are in a long line of teams that went from garbage to penthouse, from outhouse to penthouse, and they are secretly suffering from imposter syndrome, just like the 2016 Cowboys, the 2008 Dolphins, a couple of those Colts teams. You don't just go from three wins to 13 wins, four wins to 13 wins, and have it magically figured out. You usually get checked in the playoffs, and I was wrong. The only imposters on the field today, Judd Zolgad, are the Vikings' offense, really. I mean, the Vikings' offense has been garbage, the yeah. entire day. Poor Dalvin Cook. He just dropped a pass, by the, the way. Dropped now. a pass, and he's... His longest run, he just, on the play before the pass he just dropped, his longest run of the day came. It was uh, Phil Mackey, six yards. Yeah. That's Dalvin his Cook. Run. He's at eight carries for 18 yards as we speak. Eight for 18. He also has four catches for eight yards. Nine, nine rushing attempts by the Purple for uh, 21 yards at this point. And, yeah. and the longest carry of the day... Is six yards. So we're going to get, we have full phone lines right Let's now. Let's get to them. Let's and to we're going to get to them. And as soon as someone drops off the line, 651 646 8255. And now down goes Cousins again. Cousins sacks. This, this is a gong show of football. Yeah, this is embarrassing. This is a gong show. It's embarrassing. Kirk Cousins, the greatest attribute of this offense right now is that somebody finally told Kirk to stop, drop, and, and roll if you're about to be sacked. <laughs> Just save and yourself. so he's no longer fumbling. But he's just hitting the ground now, and you're down by 27 to 10. Yeah, this is where, this is where you're going to start to see some business decisions by Vikings players here. Uh, you are listening to Vikings Ventline, and you're watching Vikings Ventline on Twitter, Facebook, and Twitch right here on AM 1500 KSTP, Minneapolis-St. Paul. Score North, Minnesota sports anytime, anywhere. Quick question for, for you. Second consecutive time, why are you punting? Okay, it's fourth and 14. It's absurd. You just it's go absurd. for it. Who cares if you're you give li- up a touchdown? You're literally waving the white flag on your season, which is already over anyway. twice but now. It doesn't make any sense. It was fourth and 15 before, but just go for it at this point. You've got to go for it. Just take a downfield shot. Let's go to uh, Ben in Florida. You're first out of the gate here. Vikings vent lines have been have been opened. Uh, this is this is the earliest we've ever opened the Vikings vent lines with 11 minutes to go in the, the fourth therapy quarter. therapy vent ahead, line. Uh, so. um, to be honest, I can't even really be mad because this loss is kind of like the Chicago loss earlier and the Green Bay, two Green Bay losses for the offensive line. And it's a shame because last week in New Orleans, I thought they played a terrific game. Mm-hmm. This week, they played like the offensive line played like straight garbage. And I really hope the football operation people see that and do something to fix it because it, that's just unacceptable. You cannot, and especially the way the game started, it's like, oh, this could be a pretty good game. Instead, it's not. You know, and... And guess who, and I and I guarantee you this, guys. Over the over, on, on Monday morning, guess who's getting ripped? It's going to be Kirk Cousins, and it's probably going to be the head coach. The head coach didn't have the team ready to play. Like, no, I, you know, I think you have the quarterback. I think you have the coach. You have to fix your offensive line. And games where the offensive line played well, they won. Yeah. Games where they didn't play well, they lost. So I, you know, I'm not even furious with this team. They're going to look back and look at some games that they should have won early in the season. They wouldn't be in a on a road playoff game right now. But 
you know, they, they know their weaknesses. The question is, are they going to fix it? They didn't really do much to fix it last year, and it came back to bite them. Maybe they'll try and fix it this year. But, you know, the way the season started and the way, they, the way it finished, I think it's an accomplishment personally because they didn't look like they were going to make the playoffs in the beginning of the year. That's Ben in Florida. Ben, thank you for being ben. a loyal caller to the show. Yeah. We appreciate you, and make sure you keep calling in. We have, uh, we're have we going to have a bunch of regulars, I'm sure, that we'd love to hear from. And by the way, if you're a new caller, tell us you're a new caller. We love hearing from new callers on this show. And I think Ben brings up a good point. This is an absolute buzzkill ass-kicking right now in San Francisco. Do you feel... How, how do you feel after they, they, they beat the Saints and... They were kind of going into this game with house money. You thought they put up a bigger fight. I certainly did. I've rarely been more wrong than I was in the last 48 hours about this game. But do you feel like they did accomplish something this year because they won a road playoff game and Kirk Cousins checked a couple of boxes? Or do you feel like, boy, this window's been open. This Mike Zimmer era window has been open. They got a bunch of defensive players who are either at the peak of their prime or maybe even a couple of years after their prime. Yep. Um, do you, do you feel like it's a window closing? I'd love to. I'd love to hear thoughts from people on where you think this franchise is at right now, as they just get marched down the field by the San Francisco running attack. And they again. keep, eight run, more and yards, they keep getting God. six, eight, six, <laughs> eight, nine ridiculous. yards. Um, this is so you're down. The Vikings are by seventeen right now. It feels like twenty-four to thirty. This is the only scenario in which I can tell you that I was going to come away feeling disappointment. And I did and this was the scenario on the afternoon show yesterday, Phil Mackey, that I dismissed. Yeah. I said they're not going to get steamrolled. They're just not. They're they're they might lose. It might be a heartbreaker. They might lose by three. They might lose by seven. But I believe I capped the maximum that they were going to lose by at um at seven. The fact that you're getting your ass whipped right now to me is a huge disappointment. This team is better than this. At least I thought they were. Uh, yeah, this is, I, I agree. This is, so I can't say good job here. Yeah. You know, after what you did against the Saints, which showed us, by the way, that your personnel's pretty damn good, right? Your personnel's pretty darn, darn good. And it's also clear that Adam Thielen it, tried to play hurt today. Something's wrong. That foot screwed up, okay? Yeah. So, so again, I will go back to what were you doing in practice to have that happen? Yeah. If you're a Vikings fan, you should be frustrated by that. This is week, what, 18, 19? You just played a playoff game, by the way, on a short week, and for whatever reason, you were going hard enough in a practice. And as we talked about, practicing this time of year should be about game planning and strategy, not going hard, where Adam Thielen clearly took a spike in his heel, thought he had burst his, ruptured his Achilles tendon, and the guy that we're seeing today is no threat. But you're right. Everything you just said so is right. So this is all very frustrating to watch, and this is what this was the only thing that was going to leave me disappointed. In okay, that. but everything you said is correct, but I don't give a rip if you're on crutches. I don't care if you're lining up in the slot in an, in an air boot, in a cast. Why are you stopping on that route that Richard Sherman picked Kirk Cousins off on. I don't know. I mean, it was it was almost like, and the announcers made reference to the, in some of the pregame conversations, Kirk Cousins' plan was to not throw toward Richard Sherman, who is still one of the best cornerbacks. He's gonna he's gonna be a first ballot Hall of Famer. He's unbelievable. I get it. But it was almost like Adam Thielen lined up at the line of scrimmage and thought to himself, "Well, Richard Sherman's over me, so I ain't getting the ball." At no point, like he was shocked that the ball was thrown in that direction. And Adam Thielen is incredible, and he has grinded through some. 
injuries this season, and he's one of the great receivers in Vikings history, and it's rare that we sit here and even so much as come close to criticizing Adam Thielen. But, dude, like, what was that? Like, what? I need to know more. Did was, did Kirk Cousins go rogue on that play? Why did Adam Thielen not think that a, that a pass was coming? He was shocked. Richard Sherman wasn't shocked. Richard Sherman ran the route better than Adam Thielen Richard did. Richard Sherman. He knew it was coming. He looked like the intended target of the pass. But anyway, this was the only result that I would say, heck yeah. If you're a Vikings fan, and no, it's not a heartbreak. Dan Bailey didn't miss a late field goal, and you didn't get beat by a, a late touchdown or field goal. But you're getting run out of this building. You are being run out. You're better than this. Your personnel screams that you are. And look, San Francisco might be or is definitely the best team. Doesn't mean you can't lose a close game. Yeah. But at halftime, just like that golfer game against Wisconsin, I felt the same way. At halftime, you thought, okay, it's a little shaky, but you know what? You got a chance. You got a chance. Third quarter, fourth quarter, you've given yourself a chance. And, and we said on the halftime vent line, Phil, we both sat here and said, you feel pretty good about the fact you didn't play great, but it's close, what, four points? 14-10, correct? Mm-hmm. So it's still close. You feel good. And then you step foot on the field in the third quarter and get run out of there. Yeah. Just run out of there. Yeah, it's it's just it's just... For everything that you gained with that Saints game, you didn't lose at all. But it's just, I thought there'd be, I thought there'd be more of a fight. I just did. And I why thought there'd aren't be more you? Of a and fight why aren't you going for it on fourth and long now? Like you're punting now. You're just saying, okay, we're just done. Yeah, it's absurd. I mean, just go home then. Vikings vent line. We're off to the races already. We are rocking and rolling here. Paul in Oakdale, go ahead, man. You know, this is my first time watching you guys live on Twitter. The problem is none of you are wearing purple. That's why we lost today. Do you realize? Uh, I've got plenty of purple on below the desk right now. Ode to Johnny Cash, Paul. Ode to Johnny Cash from me and Black Hoodie. Your your Viking jammy pants, huh, huh, Phil? (laughs) I have a question. This is like we're watching them play the 85 Bears for some reason. (laughs) They've been in total check down mode all day. Uh, Is that the defense? Uh, taking everything away is that uh, Kirk Cousins uh, just taking the safe throw, which I, I find him doing a lot. And I'm not blaming this on Cousins, but you know, even the last two years, it seems he makes the safest throw possible, yeah. and, and that's usually a five-yard pass to whoever's coming out of the backfield. Uh, why the checkdown mode the whole game outside of the the Diggs touchdown? It, that is Paul. Thank you for asking this question. Because here's here again. This is my amateur uh, scouting, my amateur scouting opinion on this game. The San Francisco 49ers clearly went in and said Dalvin Cook ain't going to be the one that gets loose in this game. Dalvin Cook is going to be priority number one. They're going to stuff the box and make sure that they that they stop one of the best running backs in the NFL. So you're telling me in three hours they've been playing football for almost three hours. You can't take a couple deep shots down the field. Now, that Stefan Diggs touchdown was about 20 yards in the air, yeah. and that's exactly what they should have done there. But why, in a game in which Dalvin Cook is getting stuffed on every single run and every single check down, and the Niners are swarming to every screen pass and every short pass, you've, there's nothing underneath because San Francisco is so great at tackling and so great at swarming. Why are you not going over the top five to ten times in this game and just gambling that you can hit three or four 40-yard passes. Like, why? It doesn't make sense to me. You can't... Or, or the Niners can't stop both. Over the middle, 15 yards down. There's been... 
it, it, the outside of the pass to Diggs, it's been five yard throws the whole game. Yes, even even this slant he yeah. just completed. You know, well, I mean, look at this. You know, just to cook <laughs> right now. You know, a little five yard doink. Is Cook or uh, what did Cook just do? Feeling too much pressure. Cook just wait. wait, Is this that looked like a hot potato, Paul? What's that? It Cook looked like he was attempting to catch a hot potato of sorts. Yeah, well, he just sort of batted up in the air and it's done. At this point, he's probably trying not to get hurt. You're probably right. And now for the rest of the game, we get to see other. We get to see Tan stat. We get to see Tan Mister Clean flex his muscles with his play calling sheet the rest of the game. Fewest yeah. first downs in, in a playoff game, six by the sixty one Giants. Oh my god! And six by the two thousand Baltimore Ravens. And right now, with the Vikings at second and ten, they are there. It is. They got another first down. Okay, right. they tied. First they tied the ineptitude record. Like He's got a first down. Hey, you held him to twenty points, man. First down. There was a chance at the end, but I got three words for you. You like that? Yeah. Hey, Irv Smith caught a ball, too. Eureka! Yeah, again, though, guys, is this Cousins? Or is this... Uh, it's not all Cousins. That was is a it... check down. It's not all Cousins. Right. The offensive line didn't play well. It's not all Kirk. Paul, thank you for calling. Thanks, Paul. We'll talk right. to you again soon, man. All right. Let's keep going through here. Let's go to Leonard. Leonard, you're on Vikings Vent Line. Mackie and Judd edition. Hello, guys. I'm a long-time listener. Uh, first-time caller. Awesome, big, man. Big fan of you guys. Dude, thank you. Appreciate yeah, that. I just need to vent. I just need to vent today, guys. We're, we're here for you. Can we fire Mike Zimmer now? <laughs> <laughs> hey, two playoff wins in six years. We're talking about two of the luckiest playoff wins ever. And I, got, I got your name to replace him. Nick Saban. Wow. That's all I got, guys. Wow, Leonard. Nick's ringing the takes. Oh, that's high and tight right the there. Takes. That's high and tight from Leonard right there. Okay, right now, if given the chance, Judd Zilgad, money is equal, contract is equal, and they're about the same age, I think. Would you replace Mike Zimmer with Nick Saban right now? I don't think I'm sold on Nick Saban as a national football Reckless speculation. I'm not a big Saban. I, I think he's a great college coach, and I think that works. Oh, my God, dude. Fourth, they did not fourth, get fourth and one quarterback sneak in the Vikings. You've got to be kidding me. The most immobile human being on the face of the what? earth. Kirk Cousins runs like I do. Ever. This is six this for is You know so what, bad. though? No. Protect the record. 61 Giants, 2,000 Ravens, and you all tied right now. Fewest first downs in a playoff game at six. I say so protect bad. the record. And San, Francisco, so and San Francisco just took a timeout. Amazing. Up by 17. No, <sighs> no, Nick Saban's not my guy. If I'm going in a different direction, it's not toward Nick Saban. Let's go to, let's see here, Nate in Washington. You're next up on Ventline. Hey, guys, how's it going? Hi, Nate. Um... Uh, Couple things here. Super pissed, just like the rest of you. Um, I'm just confused on why you guys mentioned earlier, but why are we punting on fourth and fourteen? We're down seventeen points. Uh, I just want to throw my crap out the window. Um, we got Thielen here. Not the greatest pass, but he gives up on the route. Just at least play defense on the ball. Uh, he got. You know, Cheryl, that wasn't a, that was crappy. I'm kind of just lost for words here. Um, Disappointing. Uh, <laughs> by the way, I've, I've called you guys several times. My dad and I have the matching tattoos from Washington. Nice. Uh, Phil actually told me to cover up my bike tattoo with a Barcelona tat. <laughs> uh, I'm thinking about it. Um, yeah, yeah I, 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 I might cover it up with a Kyle Shanahan tattoo after this game, apparently. Maybe. 
Or this, uh, or, or defensive coordinator guy, flexing Diggs, defensive coordinator Diggs guy. Diggs just dropped a deep shot that was in his hands. Yeah, it's not. I just, uh, I'm shaking right now. I, I hate that I'm a Vikings fan. I, I love it, but I, I, I hate it. I, my, my dad brainwashed me. And <laughs> <laughs> Blame your old man, huh? Uh, he's in Minnesota, uh, probably getting drunk right now. He's, he's pretty pissed. Um, but, uh. Yeah, I don't. I don't know what it is. I, I definitely don't think we overlooked these guys. Obviously, the number one seed, but uh, we, we just we weren't ready to come play. I don't know what it was, but we didn't we didn't fight like I thought we would. And uh, uh, I think I think I love Zimmer as a head coach. I don't think he should get fired. He's a, a great coach in my opinion. But today, uh, Kyle Shanahan obviously did better, and the choices that uh, Zimmer made today were uh, very questionable. Uh, but, yeah, I'll, I'll stick around with the rest of this, and then I'll right on, man. talk to you guys in September. <laughs> All right. Thanks, Thank you. Man. That's Nate in Washington. And, by the way, uh, we, we appreciate Nate calling in. And if you enjoy Vikings Ventline, if this is therapeutic for you, if you are watching right now on Twitter or Facebook or Twitch, it helps the show if you share the link that you're watching on to your Facebook friends. Just click that share button. Or click the retweet button. You can help spread the word about Score North. We're about to turn one year old next week, actually. And so there's been a lot of peak moments in Minnesota sports in our first year. There's been a lot of low moments. This is one of the low moments, obviously. And uh, we're here to talk about it with you, Minnesota sports fans. I'm Phil Mackey. That's Judd Zolgad. And the vent line numbers, the, the lines are full right now. But as soon as someone jumps off, the number is 651-646-8255. Let's go to Jordan in Chicago. You're on vent line, Jordan. Hey guys. Uh, well, I just want to start off by saying, well, you know, there's always next year because why not? Um, eternal optimism, right? <laughs> um, if you are the will, I understand that you came out and you publicly supported Zimmer last week, but you have got to ask yourself, does Mike Zimmer allow you the opportunity to win a Super Bowl? Because I don't know that he does. He's been given. Spielman has done a fantastic job as far as getting talent onto the team. But when you go into a playoff game and your offense has completed as many passes to Garrett Bradbury as it has Stephon Diggs, there is something wrong. I understand the Garrett Bradbury one wasn't whatever system. Like, that's not where it was designed. But the fact still remains. You have Garrett Bradbury and Stephon Diggs with the same amount of receptions in a playoff game. Something has got to change. And, I I mean, let's just hope, honestly, that the Browns take Stefanski off of our hands because he sucked today. (laughs) <laughs> my how they turn my how things change in 24 hours i don't know jordan thank you thank you for the phone call thanks for the passion what are your thoughts on on mike zimmer and I, whether they can win a championship with him i have my doubts if they can win a super bowl with mike but in fairness to the conversation i got to come back to what's the direction who's making the decision yeah. is the GM still in place? Is he because right now, if you think about okay, so let's say let's say you are the Wilfs and you are livid, which they probably are right now. Your team didn't look prepared. It offensively looked awful. You are beside yourself, and you've decided that with your bro- with your brother Mark, you're going to make a change. Ziggy and Mark are going to make a change. Answer me one simple question right now: Who are you going to get? Who are you going to get? And, and I'm not... I got one for you. Okay. Josh McDaniels. Makes me nervous. I think he's a very good offensive mind. I don't know if he is a leader of actual people. 
I don't know about that one. But you could you're gonna say that about pretty much anyone that would replace Mike Zimmer. And this is this is why I in terms of what I fire Mike Zimmer over this, I no, I need to know what's behind door number two. That's right. Yeah, exactly. Now, now the idea of Josh McDaniels, this young, he's the idea of Josh McDaniels is Kyle Shanahan, right? You get this young, in yep. theory, on paper, you get this young, progressive, yep. offensive mind, but the the underbelly there is. It's a it's a Bill Belichick coaching tree guy mm-hmm. who's ridden the coattails of maybe the greatest quarterback of all time, Tom Brady. Who had Josh who McDaniels had chance, wasn't making Tom Brady. Who ha, who had his chance in Denver, and and was from what I've heard and read was very difficult to work with. And thought Tim Tebow was a franchise and was quarterback. not and was not a good head coach. Yeah. And now now people are going to say he learned. My comeback to that is okay. He might have learned, but do people change? Yeah. And. and are some of those things still a problem? There's a that's why the Stefanski thing to me it doesn't frustrate me, but it leaves me puzzled when people are like, "Well, just promote Stefanski because look at what he did. Can he lead the team? Can he lead?" So if you say because if your premise is we are on the doorstep of a championship, but Mike can't open that door, okay, that's fair. Now give me the name of the person who you're convinced can, and by the way, who also makes. The decision on that person. Yeah. Do I trust the Wilfs? Not entirely. They sequestered Brad Childress in a hotel downtown Minneapolis and wouldn't let him go to Green Bay because they were so convinced he was great. Yeah. You know? And he and he wasn't I'm not saying he was terrible either. But this whole notion of, well, just blow this guy out to put this guy in. Now, if the Vikings had won four games, then yeah, go for it. Fire him. Don't care. But if you're if you are saying that you've been that the Vikings have been, did they just get a fumble? Did they, they might just have, recover yeah. a fumble? It doesn't yeah. matter. Yeah. There's still a minute thirty nine left yeah. in this game. Um, but if if you are saying, hey, we've got a stable franchise here, it's done a very good job, but the coach can't get us there, so we're going to blow him out to get Coach X, Y, or Z. I got to know more about that. Yep, absolutely. Here's another just on the Kirk on the Kirk Cousins front too, because this is. This next week and this next, basically the next two months leading into free agency is going to be all about, and you'll know in the next week or two, like Mike Zimmer's, I don't think Mike Zimmer's job is in jeopardy here, really. I mean, we can sit here and we can speculate, but three-fourths geek chimes in on Twitter here. He tweets at, at Score North, at Phil Mackey, at Jay Zolgad. I dare you guys to immediately hang up on anyone that blames Kirk Cousins during Vikings vent line. So here's what I will say about Kirk Cousins, okay? Okay. Not a great game for him, but also a lot of pressure. Uh, I, I, we don't know what he was looking at, what he wasn't on the field. Did he have a couple deep shots that he decided not to take? We can parse some of that apart. But Line was my, great. Yep. My main takeaway from Kirk Cousins is, once again, when conditions aren't perfect, yep. he's not the guy that's going to carry your team. But then you watch some of these other quarterbacks in the playoffs right now. Russell Wilson, Deshaun Watson. Some of these guys, even Aaron Rodgers, obviously one of the greats of all time, Guys who are more mobile and who, when the play breaks down, when the offensive line is not playing very well, those guys can improvise and flush out and keep plays alive, and you don't have one of those guys. So you need all these other things to be perfect, and you're paying Kirk so much money. That is a legitimate discussion to be had. 
The discussion isn't whether he deserves blame or whether Kirk Cousins and he just gets sacked just again. Sacked just literally again. illustrating my point as the as the offensive line gets trucked. How many trucked, sacks is that for them today? Here's the difference. I'll when, find it. When the offensive line gets trucked, yes. uh, that's their fifth sack of the day, the oh. San Francisco 49ers. All right. When the offensive line gets trucked in Houston, and you saw it, the Buffalo Bills come off on the edges, and two dudes come running right for Deshaun Watson. They bounce off of him because he's mobile and can do a spin cycle move, and he keeps a play alive and he throws the ball down the field. Mm-hmm. There are more and more guys like that in the NFL now than ever before. When Kirk Cousins has his offensive line breakdown in front of him, of course it's not his fault that he got sacked on this play. It's not his fault. It's not his fault that they're losing this game. It's not his fault. But he's not the guy like six of the other quarterbacks in the playoffs right now. He's not the guy that's going to be able to overcome stuff like that, and that's a factor in this conversation. Here's my question for you off of those points. Do you think what we saw last Sunday against the Saints is a sustainable model to win a championship? Because that's how they would have to win a championship, which is Kirk is Kirk is not great, but he makes some throws, okay? Mm-hmm. But we're not talking he's not a Pro Bowl QB at that point. He makes some throws. Your defense comes up huge in enough playoff games that it gets you to a championship game and then wins you said championship. So your defense is stingy, consistently confuses teams do you think because that that is the formula like if you if you were to lift from zim's brain the zim blueprint and and it would be that saints game six sacks six sacks but but do you think that that's it because that's it's it's a harder it's it's hard like yeah i mean everything has to be perfect yes everything has to be perfect and your defense has to be lights out uh, 38 seconds left in this death march. Vikings are going to lose 27 to 10 unless they score a touchdown here to make it close. Chancy in Fargo, you are on Vikings vent line. Yes, guys. Thanks for taking my call. Hey, bud. Say, hopefully I got better reception today. Here, Here's my thing. I called last year after they lost to the Bears to get into the playoffs. And what I said at that point is, where is the accountability? Whose scalp is on the line for this? And last year, I, I joked about it. Okay, it ain't, it's not Mike Zimmer. Nobody's willing to pull the plug. It's not Rick Spielman. He's had some good draft picks. It's not Kirk Cousins, right? Who can we get that's better? He's better than Case Keenum. and He's got that big contract. What are we going to do? Yeah, let's get rid of Mike Remmers. That'll fix it. <laughs> right? We got rid of Mike Remmers. So guy. now we're set. And now we're going to do the same thing, right? Ooh. Yeah, we have that good game in New Orleans. Who? Whose fault is it? What can we do? You know what we'll do? We'll get rid of Xavier Rhodes. Yeah, he's a bust. He He's costing us a lot of money. Get rid of Xavier Rhodes. That's it. And we'll roll back the same troop next year, and it'll be all different, right? We got Mike Zimmer, got Rick Spielman, and Kirk Cousins, and damn it, we just need to, just need to play perfectly. That offensive line, they're going to block perfectly. It's BS every year. What team is stacked across the field? Yes, the offensive line is not efficient. Every other game, they are awful. But we have a quarterback that is from the 1990s when you used to be Troy Aikman and you used to stand back there and just throw. Like you said, the the new age is Deshaun Jackson, it's Patrick Mahomes, it's Lamar Jackson, Aaron Rodgers. Those quarterbacks don't work anymore. We're not going to be perfect across the field. So I want to challenge you, Mackie and Judd, right now. Here, here's, I'm not saying what you think is going to happen. I'm going to say the la- same thing I said last year. 
what would you do if you were the Wolves to fix this? Not what you think they will do. What would you do? Is it Spielman gone? Is it Zimmer gone? Is it Cousins gone? Because just keeping on rolling this same product out is going to produce the same result. Maybe you win one playoff game. Maybe you miss the playoffs. But they will not go to the Super Bowl with this model. I'm convinced of it. I, I don't know. that There needs to be accountability, and nobody is ever willing to step up and make a tough call. They're always willing to, well, the offensive line, well, Spielman's had a few good draft picks. Hey, that defensive game plan Zimmer put together against the Saints was good. So nobody can ever take the blame, right? Nobody but, can ever step up and say whose fault it was and what's going to happen. What would you two do if you were in the position of power? You're the owner of the Vikings. What would you do to fix this mess and get him over the hump? So, so Chancey, hang on the line. Hang on the line because yeah, this, is, this, is, this is a great call. You, you always bring passion and fire. And I'll start. I'll answer your question. Let's go back and forth. I'll answer your question yeah. first. Okay. Ideally, I am I am not saying that this loss is Kirk Cousins' fault. I want to start by saying that. This was not okay. Kirk Cousins' fault. I would like a more mobile quarterback that can elude pressure and run around and keep plays alive like you see a third of the league right now. I mean, look at all the quarterbacks you're going to watch this weekend. Those teams have built-in advantages when they have quarterbacks like that who make less money because they can spend that extra money on different players that can help the entire team. And if Nick Bosa gets off the edge, the play isn't over. The play's not over when Kyler Murray is your quarterback, when Lamar Jackson's your quarterback, when Andrew Luck previously is your quarterback. So I would start, the thing my wish list would include a more mobile quarterback who can still make plays down the field, and Kirk Cousins throws a wonderful deep ball, and in a perfect world, I would like a more offensive-minded approach to the entire thing. Um, The problem is, to your point, the problem is you don't solve anything by just firing people. I know it feels good. If you're a fan and you're mad, Like it feels good to say, hold someone accountable and fire Spielman's ass, right? But Firing people doesn't solve the problem or it doesn't provide solutions. I need to know if I'm firing someone, who's my Kyle Shanahan? You know, who who's my who's my Bill Belichick, right? That's the problem. The Vikings have a lot of good. The Vikings have a good quarterback, a good coach, a good general manager, but they don't have a lot of great. And you can't win a Super Bowl without great. But I think but I think the ultimate answer to what you're saying, Chancey, and here's the problem is if the Wilfs looked in the mirror and said what you just said, which is if we release Remmers or Rhodes, it doesn't save us. I think the issue is that the reality to, if you're going to answer your question correctly, absolutely, goes to, are we even doing this right? And, And that's not to be a good team. This can be a good team. This has personnel to be a good team. But if you're going to get to a Super Bowl team... The scary thing is because you could you could be wrong and screw this up completely and become a five win team is you would have to consider not making a change, not making two changes, but blowing it up because philosophically there's a case to be made that the way the Vikings approach their the construction of things in 2020 does not work. It doesn't work. Can I can I respond to you guys here yes. for a second? Yes, please. Do. All right, here, here here's my deal, Mike Zimmer. 
or Rick Spielman, whoever it is that's making these calls, bothers me because because what they do with personnel is they're never willing to pull the plug a step ahead, right? We pull it late, I get. You draft Mike Hughes, Xavier Rhodes should be cut ahead of time. Eric Wilson starts to pop. He's showing a little bit of something, right? Anthony Barr should not be resigned. You, you, you have to look ahead of time. Stephen Weatherly starting to show something. I can't even say the guy's name. Yeah, and Joe, whatever. He's starting to show something. You, you, you need to start cutting overpriced veterans before it is obvious that they are on the decline. Most good teams will start to move those young players up into a role of prominence, into a starting role, before you know they're popping, right? We see it as fans once they hit the field. They should see it on the practice field. They should say, you know what? You know, we don't need to pay a big money Anthony Barr because I saw Eric Wilson, and, and he, he can deliver a little bit of something. And if you're going to put your money into certain positions, and we're going to have Kirk Cousins as the quarterback, I want the best offensive line in the NFL, okay? Yeah. I'm willing to sacrifice an Anthony Barr trade-off for Eric Wilson in exchange for Pat Elfline is a piece of garbage, okay? Pat Elfline can be cut tomorrow. There, there has to be somebody better in the practice squad than Pat Elfline. Pat Elfline can't even get a fingernail on some of these defensive tackles as they run by him. It is atrocious, okay? So if my trade-off is, well, i got to take one step back with Eric Wilson over Anthony Barr in exchange for somebody else besides Pat Elfline that can play guard, I'm willing to make that trade-off. And that's the personnel decisions, and they're hard to make. But Mike Zimmer, with his defensive-first, ultra-conservative philosophy, can never make them because he's got to have that defense. He's got to have his boys, and he can't make them. And this is an offensive league where we're sitting around putting big money into overpriced, older defensive players, and we're not ready to deliver on offense. It's an offensive league. This team didn't even break 100 dang yards. Okay? Hey, Chansey. They did. They had 147, just so you know. Garbage time, right? (laughs) They punched them over. The story of the Kirk Cousins time has been that. Garbage time. I mean, 147 yards. Okay, give them them some credit there. But anyway, anyway, that is why, and we've talked about this for months, that is why... If Anthony Barr played for the Patriots and Anthony Barr went to the Jets and then Anthony Barr panicked because he said, oh, my God, I'm about to sign with the New York Jets. What am I doing? And he called Bill Belichick and said, Bill, I want back. Bill would say, no, we've moved on. That money has been moved. Yeah. And and your offensive line point is a point that has been debated and discussed and has uh, come up since the day that they did not adequately address it. And it, it's a great point, but I think I think Chancy, I think your your points go beyond that. I really think they go to sitting down and saying what's going to win a Super Bowl in 2020, and probably probably get, getting to the point where you say our current construction might get us a playoff win, and it did, and it might get you two. But is it going to get you a championship? The answer, and this goes beyond the coach. The answer to the entire construction is probably not. And that's the hardest thing to confront. Is when you're you're as good as the Vikings have been, and you're a regular playoff 
contender and a division contender and you're in, and you're a 10 win team and you're a you're a 12 win team sometimes and you're never you're never a 4 win team you're never a 5 win team Mike Zimmer's worst season as head coach of the Vikings is 7 wins and when you have that solid of a base and that and the security of being good on a regular basis it's hard to look in the mirror and ask Boy, I mean, can we? But can we be great? Can we win a Super Bowl? And if the answer is no, what do you do? I mean, do you give do you give up good and maybe be terrible for a couple of years in order to eventually be great with no guarantees? And those well, are the decisions that they're facing. One more, Chancey, thirty more seconds for you. This has been a great call. Thirty more seconds to wrap. What team? Okay, has more skill players than Adam Thielen, Stephon Diggs, Dalvin Cook, Daniil Hunter, Harrison Smith? Everson Griffin, Anthony Barr, Eric Kendricks, and cannot put it together. That's what I got. And if you have that many skill players, I, I dare you guys to look across the NFL and list off any team's top five skill players, right, and put them against the Vikings, other than quarterback, of course, where we have Kirk Cousins, and say, who has the best skill players? And I bet you the Vikings come out on top nine out of ten times. And that's a problem when you can win no more than one playoff game. I love Score North. Thank you guys for taking my call and giving me all this time. Skull, have a good night. Right on, man. All right, that's Great call, Chancey. Yeah. Thank you. But, but what is the thing that we hear among teams that are trying to build something consistently? Success starts up front with lines. Your lines. Yes. Your lines. And, and as, flawed, as flawed as Childress was as a coach at times, Phil, he was actually a pretty solid personnel guy, and he got here. And what's one of the first things he did, they gave free agent contracts to a, a few players, but one was Steve Hutchinson, a left guard, mm-hmm. to establish that. So yes. now it's Hutchinson, McKinney, back then, and, and we can joke all we want about Bryant, but Bryant was a good player. Matt Burke at center, they built that line. And that's the one thing. With Rick, is it's always like he's trying to get around ha- having to pay a lot for for his line, and I understand that you're not going to get five guys who are going to be multi-million dollar contracts, multi-year deals as well. But when everybody, when you're trying to do the whole thing, sort of like Riley Reef was good, and so he'll be. That's a problem. It is, and the the point that Chancey brings up about how you allocate your resources. Offensive line versus defense. The Vikings last summer, or I'm sorry, last spring during free agency and leading up to the draft, the Vikings said, all right, quarterback makes this large percentage of money. How are we going to use the rest of the money to best mold the roster? And they made a decision to use a lot of that money on defensive players, bringing back Anthony Barr, bringing back Everson Griffin. And I mean, you, I mean, we had a million discussions about this, and I think you and I... I don't know if we even disagree. We just like you were saying, well, you're bringing back aging players for a lot of money when you probably should be using that money on offensive linemen to help fortify a front for Kirk Cousins, who's not mobile. And I came at it from a standpoint of, well, Mike Zimmer is a defensive head coach. His vision is defense. He has been building this defensive collection of basically the same players for like five years and he wants to get his, and these guys are still in their prime. He, Everson Griffin's kind of at the back end of his prime, but he played pretty well this season. He wants his guys all together. They communicate well to take another shot or two at this thing. So he wants to re-sign those guys. And if that's the vision of your franchise and that's your coach and that's what he feels comfortable with, I think you go with it. 
And now that you take a step back and they just got beat by the San Francisco 49ers, what would have helped them more in some of these games and some of these regular season games? A brick wall offensive line. If you had been building that from the get go in free agency and in the draft the last couple of years. Yep, exactly. Or Anthony Barr. Right. Like what would have helped you more? So the, brick wall. the answer is 10 months later, you were right. And if Barr had, and, and look, that does not mean that Mike can't get a lot of his guys back. Griffin took a pay cut. Now, I, I thought that it was odd that they brought him back, but they did, and he had a nice year. Took yeah. a pay cut. That's great. But Barr was the one guy that I, I would have said, Anthony, if you walk out that door, you can't come back. Yeah, You're just not going to come back. It's not going to work. We need to take your cash and stick it elsewhere. Here, here is what we will give you, and if you take that, that's fine. We'll keep you. Yeah. And if you go see the Jets, then you're going to either sign with the Jets or another club. And it's just and now now the conundrum is this you have gone back and kept that defense together for in football in football years a long time now and so now griffin's almost certainly gone do you keep guys Rhodes is gone here's the other question here's the other real question on the offensive side of of the ball cuz i don't think this guy is going to come back to training camp without a new contract dalvin cook I thought you were going to say someone else. Dalvin Cook Someone is, else is in the same discussion. Dalvin Cook is going into year four, correct? He was a second-round pick. There's no fifth-year option on his contract. And he's playing for relative peanuts, which is great for you. But I think he's going to say, one, I've been hurt. Two, when I'm not hurt, I've been great at times. Yeah. And three, I want a multi-year contract. And my contention is at that position, and I know uh, the kid can be great. I know that, Okay. But I think you got to look him dead in the eye and say, Dalvin, we can't do a multi-year. You're hurt too much. If you need to hold out, hold out. But we can't do this. Yeah. Boy, so many juicy conversations Cousins is now. going into his last year. So many juicy conversations now. Just to reset, this is Vikings Ventline on Score North. My name is Phil Mackey. That's Judd Zolgad. A.J. Fredrickson is taking your calls on the other side of this glass over here. Uh, thank you for listening on the Score North app or on AM 1500 here in the Twin Cities. And thanks to everyone who's been watching us on our Twitter feed, Facebook, and Twitch. If you are watching us on one of those feeds right now, you can help the show a lot. If you like the show, if this is therapeutic for you, if you enjoy everything that we've been doing in our first year here at Score North, you can help us in a couple of different ways. Tell a friend. Send a text message. Call someone. Tell a friend and say, hey, these guys are uh, these guys are taking calls and these guys are here to... Uh, to help Vikings fans through a tough afternoon. Or share the post. If you're watching this on Facebook, share the post with your community or retweet it on Twitter, and you can help us a lot by just spreading the word about Score North and Vikings Ventline. And the Ventlines are full right now, but as soon as... Well, let's plow through a few calls here yeah. because we just flushed out a lot. This is great stuff, and that Chansey call, that's the longest call in the history of Vikings Ventline. It was it was literally a 12-minute phone call, but it was great stuff. 651-646-8255. As soon as someone drops off the line... You jump in. Let's go to uh, Ben. What's going on, Ben? Hey, guys. Thanks for taking my call. That last caller, he was from Fargo, right? Yes. Chansey and Fargo, yeah. Why is he so upset? You know, I'm a Jackrabbit alumni, and I had to watch NDSU win their, what, ninth title in 10 years. Shouldn't he be happy? Yeah, I don't even know. Like this, I think I think Chansey, I, I don't. I think Chansey's more of a Gophers fan, actually. Yeah. I, I have to, we'd have to ask him sometime. Oh, I'm sorry about that. <laughs> <laughs> no, this year is yeah, good for the Gophers. That and then plus the Vikings just kind of crap in the bed here today. 
Um, first off, was Kevin Stefanski more worried about getting his uh, coaching staff put together for the Browns job, or was he? Did he just overlook this game, or what? The I Niners mean, are really good defensively. Yeah, the and, the Niners are amazing, but the, the, this is this is what we don't know unless we were able to watch. And let's let's go down this path. Thank you, Ben, for the phone call. The Kevin Stefanski path here in the play calling path. What we forget about garbage time. I don't I don't give a rip about what happened when the Vikings got down by seventeen points. Sure. Up to that point, yep. It looked like the 49ers had 15 defenders on the field at any given point. So there's so there's nothing there up front to run the ball. They they are just stuffing you at every corner that you try to run the football. Yep. And every every screen pass, every short throw, swarming defenders. Okay, what's the logical counter to that? Throw the ball deep. Well, you you've got to at some point in time. And like like why? I, I'm all I'm all for okay, they're stopping the run, but you can't abandon the run. Totally get that. I agree with that. But Kirk Cousins can make that deep throw. So you've got to at least try it. And I get it. Okay, Sherman's a great player. He's hard to throw deep on. He does a great job. But you got to attack somebody. Yeah. Sometimes you've got to take shots. And in the fourth quarter, when you're down by what, 17 points and it's fourth down and 15, you got to take shots. Yeah. This, I don't know. There have been game plans this year. The Saints game plan, I will praise up and down and say it's one of the greatest single game game plans on both sides of the ball that I've seen in my time watching this franchise. And there have been game plans in 2019 now into 2020 that have left me mystified. Yeah. And today there were times I'm mystified. Um, but unfortunately this does fill, I'll come, I'll continue to come back to this. This team in big games, and it's not even a fair ask, probably. But the ask is that the defense absolutely is lights out and doesn't allow points because once it does, the offense is sort of flustered and lost. With all of those amazing skill position Which, players, too. But, that, but that's why, to Chansey's point, we come back to the conversation. The conversation, the path that Chansey wants to go down is probably the right one, but it's really scary because it's blowing it up. It's blowing your philosophy up. It's well, you're changing your coach. Maybe not GM, but you're definitely changing your coach. And it's a philosophical question of how do you want to operate and who can you find to do to do that? Because as long as Mike is here, it's never going to just morph to we this is an offensive team. There are months this year where that happened, but it's never going to turn that corner completely. And you're never going to get to the playoffs and say, offense has to win it for you. No. That Saints game. No. Not how it works. Let's go back to the vent lines here. Alex in Kenosha, Vikings got their asses kicked. What do you think? Man, um, thanks for taking my call. Um, kind of a tough one to, to stomach there, but um, I'm going to just basically step back for a minute and kind of go through how we got to this point, if, if you'll allow me. Um, so basically, you get Mike Zimmer in here, and you go 7-9, that's fine. He's starting to build his defense, starting to build his team. Um, you get Teddy, and you get to the playoffs, and it looks pretty good. I mean, um, you know, you hang with the Seahawks in a, in a cold game and you miss a field goal. Okay, that's fine. Um, and I think that next year, um, Teddy looked pretty dang good in that preseason. And then a freak thing happens, right? So you got to kind of adjust. You get Sam Bradford. Okay, that didn't work out. But, you know, you tried to be agile on your feet. You were 5 0. Didn't work out. So then the next year, you go with Keenum because Bradford gets hurt. And you have an unreal season, but this is the problem is that was your defensive window with this Mike Zimmer team was that, you know, you had the 2015 missed field goal, the Teddy lost year, and then the Keenum year where his own head coach didn't think he was very good. So that's kind of the first window of that defensive greatness. 
now you go to the Kirk Cousins part of this where your defense is getting older and now you allocate so much of your cap to a quarterback that's so dependent on so many other things. And you're right, it's not Kirk's fault that they lost today and it's not Kirk's fault you know, that the offensive line was falling apart. But that's the problem. You've got these great skill position players. You've got you know, a good young tight end. You've got a good red zone threat great uh, back, and you got a great rookie back, but, you know, the offensive line's a little, uh, you know, weak at certain times, and then you're just, you know, you score 10 points um, in a playoff game. So here's the problem is that, is Rick Spielman allowed to say no to Mike Zimmer? Because, and I don't want to overreact here because I know a lot of people get mad when they draft cornerbacks and then get mad when there's cornerbacks that are hurt and we have none. So, I mean, it's kind of like chicken and egg there, but the problem is, um, basically, you know, Zimmer wants these guys, and he wants Anthony Barr to come back. Spielman has to be able to say, listen, Mike, this year Anthony Barr had a sack in the first play of the season, and he had a half a sack the rest of the year. I don't know what he does, and I'm, I'm fine with him being here, but I saw on, on the Spot Track app or whatever, uh, Anthony Barr is going to get paid a lot of money over the next five years, and I don't know how that helps us, you know, win games and, and overcome this. So um, it's, it's not looking good. Yeah, Alex, that's a that's a really good phone call and a lot of really good points. And I think I think there is there is another question to be asked too. Is there someone in the draft and you're going to be drafting late in the first round and late in the second round? This feels a little bit like the the mid '90s where the Vikings went to the went to the playoffs and lost a bunch of one and done appearances throughout the '90s, and yep. then there was a player in the draft in 1998 that brought them to the level that they got to. Is there a player in the draft? That changes all of this without a coaching change. Who falls that far inexplicably. That's what happened in '98. Fr- yeah, I know, but is there a in two thousand in two thousand twenty, if if Randy Moss, with all, all the potential concerns that um, accompanied him coming out of Marshall, was in this year's draft, do you really see him? You know, now in two thousand twenty, getting down to what twenty two, twenty three? I don't. R- Rogers. Yeah. Rogers fell in two thousand five to what twenty four. Twenty four. Mm-hmm. Okay. In my opinion, now in today's football world, no way. I think somebody I think, goes up and gets him. Somebody cuts that that free fall off. And so the answer to your question, I believe, is no, because I don't see unless unless you make a pick and we're all like, oh, that's an interesting pick. Don't necessarily get it, and that player thrives. Michael Thomas. Mm-hmm. Unless you get that, I don't see it, Phil. Yeah, I mean, I don't see it. Like, I think, I think Tua is that type of a guy, but he's not playing next year. Someone's going to redshirt him, and he's probably going to be a top five, top ten. I, I wouldn't be but shocked he's if he's the type still of guy I might pick. try and go and and trade up for, and but, it cost you a lot. And he helps you for the next ten years, fifteen years, but he doesn't help you next year, right? He's he's almost certainly not going to play. Next and there's going to be incumbent pressure on th- these guys almost certainly in 2020. Yeah, it's yeah. a good point. It's Vikings Vetline here on Score North and the Score North app. And also video streaming on Twitter, Facebook, and Twitch. Let's go to Nick in Lakeville. Hey, Nick. Hey, guys. How's it going tonight? We're doing all right. We're we're here as therapeutic consultants for Vikings fans. So, what do you, what do you need from us, Nick? <laughs> My price is high too, Nick. <laughs> that, that's a good thing. Uh, we need the therapy today. Uh, well, I, I don't know that I'll be much help to this, but I, uh, um, I, I guess. M- my look at it, I've been a Vikings fan. I was actually my 14th birthday was Gary Anderson wide left. So <laughs> I'm a long, long suffering Vikings fan. Bless you, my son. Oof. Yeah. Uh, that's the first time I cried in sports. So, um, me too. But I, uh, 
you know, after all these years of seeing how how it's here, you know, the, the, the reality is the Vikings have great fans. You look around the NFL, there's a lot of places that do, but the Vikings are not hurting for business. And, I, and, and I'm not talking conspiracy here. I literally just wonder a little bit. I mean, the Vikings all year looked like a 500 team to me. Mm-hmm. I think we really overachieved based on – I mean, we got good personnel, but that's about it. You know, and, and, and I think – the, the the games that we lost, we looked completely inept. The games that we won, we looked like, oh, they've got some good players. So, you know, not to get too deep into I love stats and, you know, all that stuff, but not to get too deep into it, just looking at the eye test, I was like, this is a 500 team. And then we win last week, and I feel like that saved a lot of jobs probably, you know, in the long run. But I don't look at this team and think to myself, boy, heads are going to roll – they're going to try to you – know, because I just don't know if the goal is winning a Super Bowl. It seems like maybe the goal is things are going pretty well here. We're kind of overachieving. And, and I mean, I look at it sometimes and think, are they going to make a ton more money? Are they going to have way more fans invested in this thing if we win a Super Bowl? Maybe for a year or two, you know. But overall, this is a great franchise – that is slightly above average in the NFL. And I just wonder, like, should we, should we expect more from them? I don't know. It could be awesome. <laughs> I would love it. But should we expect more from them than what they are? Thanks, Nick. Great call yep. and great points. And, and I, I really believe that the Wilfs want to win desperately a championship. Like, I don't think there's any question about that. So I, I don't think that they are the corporation guys who say, yeah, we're raking in the dough, so who cares? They're football fans. They're, they're rubes, they're, it, which is fine. All of that being said, I also think that they are probably afraid of and scared of the thought of what if we go in a completely different direction if we pivot and it doesn't work. Yeah. You know, this franchise, to, to the, the point, Phil, that we've discussed for a long time on the afternoon show, on these shows, this franchise doesn't have a lot of clunker clunker years where you win three or four games. Yeah. There's a lot of 10-win, 9-win, 13-win, 11-win, 8-wins. Uh, if you pivot to what we're, what we're talking about them doing, the acceptance might have to be, oh my gosh, we just won four games. Mm-hmm. And that's a tough thing. Now, if you're Cleveland, you know what you say? Let's keep taking shots because you got to. And you're a bad franchise. If you're the Jets, same thing. But the Wilfs are big Giants fans. They grew up Giants fans. And they probably look at a team like the Giants, which have taken a lot of different shots in recent years, and they have not been successful. They have been they they've become I don't know that they're a laughing stock, but they're bordering. They're they're getting close. And so you've got this team here that, yes, we're all frustrated, does not have a Super Bowl title. But as Giants fans, they probably look at that team right now and say, but look at what they did, and look at what happened there. Look at what happened there. You know, that team is a mess right now. The GM's a mess. They just hired a coach no one had heard of. They just fired Shermer after, what, two years now? So I don't think it's a, I don't think it has anything to, uh, to do with them not wanting a title. I think they definitely want a title. But I do think that they're very concerned of, what if we make a decision to completely change things, pursue a title, and now you've got back-to-back years of, let's say, 3-13 and 13 and 4-12. and 12. Do you think, because I don't think, that, I don't, I, I, 
they're not going to blow it up right now. It's just not, they're not going to. But and I don't even know if they're going to make major. I really think they're going to run it back again next year. And it's possible that next year could be like your cliff year. Every every single NFL team has a cliff year, except apparently the Patriots, who just yeah. like don't have one. Yes. Every team has a cliff year, and we've seen it with the, like 2010 was the cliff year for the Brad Childress era Vikings. 2001 was the cliff year for the Denny Green Vikings, right? And then then they had to reset. Uh, Mike Tice had kind of a cliff year, but they finished 500 in 2005, and he just had a bunch of 500 seasons, basically. Right. Next year could be that cliff year for the Vikings. In order to extend this thing or or give it a jolt, do you think there's any realistic options for replacing your coach or your quarterback for next year? Because those are really the main things we'd be talking about, right? Right. Or another, is there another like free agent out there somewhere? Right. Is there a tweak that can be made to this collection that would get them to a level that says Super Bowl? Do I see them doing that? Do I see that right now? I don't think they're going to do it. I'm saying, do you, is there even an option? I don't. Boy, if you replaced Mike Zimmer with Josh McDaniels and kept all this stuff intact, all of a sudden they're a great team. Or if you replaced somehow Kirk no, Cousins' because, guaranteed contract with no, because I think that that I think the ultimate change might re- have to. And to your point, this is not going to happen. I think it almost have to start at GM maybe, because it'd also be t- talking about swapping out personnel. The offensive line has to be improved. Are they going to do that, or are they going to continue to try to glue it together? Probably glue it together. Yeah. I, I just. <sighs> I would love to see them go get a young quarterback next year and have that be their developmental kid that can sit behind Cousins and learn and watch and assume the position in 2021. But do I see these things happening? No. Um, uh, putative I, father says, yes, new coach and grab Tom Brady. Yeah, Tom Brady would love throwing to these receivers. He absolutely would. And that would be the most Vikings thing. Oh, my God. Of all time. But as we talk veins. about this right now, can I get my my head around the potential of that really happening? Not really. Yeah. Uh, 651-646-8255. Phone lines are full right now, but as soon as someone makes their point, you jump in on Vikings Ventline. And again, this is Phil Mackey, Judd Zolgad, Vikings Ventline on the Score North app, which is free to download. And that's where you can listen live to Score North shows throughout the entire course of the week. You can listen to all of our podcasts, Purple Daily, Vikings Ventline, Mackie and Joe with Rami, the Score North Twin Show, the Scoop with Doogie, all kinds of different, uh, Score North Live with Rami, all of those available on the Score North app, and also read columns from Judd, Matthew Collar, who's out in Santa Clara right now covering this game, and uh, we also reward people the longer they listen to, so we always have all kinds of prizes every single month, we've got some big stuff planned for 2020 that's only going to be available if you have the Score North app and if you're registered. So go download that in the Apple or the Google Play stores. Let's go back to the vent lines here. Our guy, Brian at Bunnies. Hey, guys, what's up? Hey, what's up, Brian? What's happening, man? So I was wondering, okay, and this is a question that everyone had. So I thought coaching interviews couldn't happen until they were out of the playoffs. That was one thing. Okay. But then the other thing is we have 20 free agents coming up. You know, some of them major, some not. Do you think that maybe they might slide Barr on the outside, maybe Daniil on the inside, start using Odenable on the inside, you know, on the defensive line? Because you have Wilson, um, Kendricks, and then, you know, it's easier to find another linebacker. And then in the backfield, 
I don't know, that's a complete mess. I mean, it's it's almost like a minor rebuild. It's not a complete blow-up, like you guys were saying, but it might be something to save cap money to go after a big offensive lineman. So I'll hang up and I'll listen. Thanks, guys. See you, Brian. Yeah. Um, question one is, is this. So if your team is a first-round buy in the playoffs, Phil, you can in- interview for head coaching jobs if you're an assistant coach during the course of that week. If yes. you are in the playoffs in the first round, I think you, you then get an opportunity to talk to teams when Stefanski did, which was this past Thursday. So you don't have to be out. There are certain times when, when you're allowed to uh, to uh, talk to teams about potential jobs, like Stefanski did. Uh, question two is, do I think that Mike Zimmer would make major personnel change or schematic changes in personnel with his defense i guess my answer to that would would be have we seen that now he's willing to change things around like if the a gap pressure got picked up he then substituted different things yeah uh to make that more effective again or to, to uh lessen the impact that that had the teams that sort of deducted when he was going to use that pressure. But as far as Barr goes, I'm done suggesting that Barr is going to be flipped in roles because I've suggested that, and we've talked about that how many times, Phil? Yeah. How many times? Yeah. I thought today. He's what he is. You might rush him. They don't do that. Yeah. Um, On the Stefanski front, a guy should always be able to go after his dream. If he wants to be a head coach, he should go after his dream. And he should he should take the opportunity to interview when it's there. So it, it's not a criticism at all of Kevin Stefanski. But when you are preparing for a head coaching interview, it 100% impacts your prep. Sure. There's no way. It either impacts your prep or your sleep. And if you're not sleeping, that impacts your prep. I'm just saying. Yeah, I agree. Just saying. I agree completely. You've got a short week. It's a six-day week instead of a seven-day week because yep. you played on Sunday. And and you're also trying to knock a job interview out of the park. You're spending, I would think, hours during that week preparing for your job interview as well. And I'm not even criticizing him. I'm just pointing out a fact. It mm-hmm. almost certainly impacts your prep work for this playoff game. It does, but also in, in this playoff game, you got your butt kicked. Like you got dominated. So do, do I think that the physically fact, dominated? Yes. So do I think that the fact that Kevin Stefanski probably got distracted some hurt you? Very small. If we want to go with things that shouldn't have happened that happened to top my list personally is Thielen being hurt in practice. That's yeah. my top one. Like, what were you doing there? That frustrates me far more. That frustrates me far more that we are in January and you are practicing even remotely close to hard enough to get a guy hurt. Yeah, just no one go within 10 yards of him. Please. Yes. That should be the edict. Absolutely. And someone puts a hole in his Achilles tendon, basically. RJ and White Bear Lake, you're on You're on uh, AM 1500 KSTP Minneapolis, St. Paul. This is Score North and Vikings Ventline, RJ. Well, thank you for having me on uh, Vikings Ventline on the uh, 1500 AM KSTP. Um, why is anybody even surprised? Like, we do this every year or every other year at the very least. Like, you know, if somebody from Fargo PD is listening, can we get a welfare check on Chansey tomorrow morning? Because... <laughs> Like, there's no reason for this to be a surprise to anybody over the age of 25. I'm 30. My first experience in Minnesota sports is watching the 98 NFC Championship game. I had a NFL set of pencils, and the first thing I did was find my Falcons pencil and break it into as many pieces as I could. I like the the, uh, thought process At least you didn't stab yourself. Dedication, (laughs) devotion. Well, you know, I was uh, was nine years old, so that was was, was anger in training. Um, So, I mean... 
And so, like you said a few minutes ago, it's they're going to run everybody back, you know, get the band back together. Like, yeah, duh, because that's what they do. <laughs> this, and they, it's, it's every team in this town is like this. This game reminded us everybody has immovable contract bingo. Like it's like a coverall. You have like Wiggins <laughs> with the Wolves. You have Suter and Parisi with the Wild. You have Cousins with the Vikings. You have like, Maurer with the Twins. To, yeah, yeah, Maurer with the Twins. It's like we all are like, oh, you know, that's how the hell can we hamstring ourselves? so badly that it's just like it's like watching it's like watching the animal planet and like some bunny just getting choked out for three hours by a python and that's what that's what today was i wasn't even mad by the time the niners went up uh, by two scores in the third quarter like i was at my in-laws and i was like all right well i'm gonna go start the car because i've seen this movie once or twice before so for like all the people out there in minnesota i'm gonna channel my inner john from manhattan like, shame on all you bozos for thinking this year was going to be any different. Like, yeah, call me cynical and, like, a defeatist and a fatalist and all those kinds of things. But, like, for God's sake, people, come on. Like, yeah, we beat the Saints last last week. That's fantastic. All right. That takes me back to when, like, the Wild beat the Abs in OT in Game 7 with Nino's goal. What happened the next series? Oh, that Game 6 when they lost to, uh, lost to the Blackhawks in overtime. Or a few years ago when the Wild beat the Blues. We're like, oh, yeah, this is uh we're really looking up for us, guys. Like this is going to go really well. Like you know, who we play next? Oh, it doesn't even matter because we're going to we're going to train wreck him anyway. We played the first seed. The first seed for a reason. We got Quan Alexander, D Ford, and uh, Jaquiski Tart back tonight. What are, what are we all expecting to happen? Like, are you are we all serious? And just like for one thing to finish up, just write that down. The 49ers are going to win the Super Bowl. They are the best. Write team this left. down. I don't, write it down. You like writing things down. I'm just warming up because I'm your, I'm your, uh, I'll be on with you guys in April, the day yeah. before the Masters starts. So prep yourself there, boys. Cause Love it's, it. Yeah. And you realize that when you, when you make those day. predictions, you're going to have to speak in Jim Nance hushed tones over Masters music. So be prepared. Oh, yeah. You're, you would. Yeah. Please. Hello, Honey Bun, I got that coming for you. I'll be on during the <laughs> par three contest. So there's plenty of room for, I got plenty of room for hushed takes. Thank you, friend. So yeah, you're, yeah, you're welcome, friend. Uh, yeah, the Niners are going to win the Super Bowl. They're the best team that's left. Um, Lamar Jackson, be damned. Patrick Mahomes, be damned. Nobody that's left has a defense like that. They're too damn good. Their front four is unbelievable. I mean, that's all I got. RIP Chancey and Fargo. Um, you know, I'll hang up and listen, guys. Thank you. I, I, I hope thank, not. Thanks, RJ. We'll RJ. talk to you. Great on, call, uh, but I hope Brandy. not. Let's keep Chancey up. was passionate. Actually, we have another. Is this a different Chancey in Grand Forks? Or is this the same Chancey? Hey, Chancey. Hey. How you guys doing? Good man, how are you, Chancy? Uh, no, I'm not. I'm not Chancy. Uh, your screener like missed my name, so he just like stuck me in as Chancy. Oh, we I'm do that. Yeah, Chancy is our placeholder name. It's like our John Doe if we don't get the call. Yeah, no. I, so what, I, I so what is your name? What is your name? It's Josh. It's stepdad because I can't be actual like you know son to sports dad because I saw the whole thing on <sighs> Score North. And I watched him on, and you know what, Nick? Nick's an amazing son. All right, I'll be your stepson. Okay, I'm okay with that. That's fine. I feel like this That's is turning really into fine. an episode of Jerry Springer. Well, I can or have something. a lot. Wait, wait, wait. How I can many, have how many, more how many than kids one do you son. Have, sports dad. I can have more than one son. How many relationships well, I, have you been in, sports where, dad? I don't know if you made it up to this area. 
I don't know. It's not. It's not you're, biological. You're, you're like Adrian Peterson. You have like nine it's sports sons with eight sports women. I'm, I'm here to offer comfort and consultation to my sports well, sons. I can have a well, lot. Then, it's a flock. Then you, then you are my sports dad. Yeah, you're Josh. You're part of the flock. Oh, this is like Elf. I love. Oh. I love the oh. fact that you've I called. Here's the joy right now because, like, my sports dad consoled me. But anyway, sports son, go ahead. Judd, uh, I know. I do not like the Sano contract. We'll get to that later, and I'll call in, and I'll literally rant about that. But anyway, sports dad, yeah, and Judd, um, I want to, I want to do something where you, you can literally let me rant, or I can ask you one question, and you rant, and then I give you my opinion. What do you want? Oh, rant! It's Ventline. Oh. Just go ahead and rant. All right. <sighs> All right. Honestly, I think Griffin stays. He's going to take a cut again because he's going to finish out his career as a Viking because he has not much left on it, and he's going to teach other people. I think the mm, uh, the old line was a sham, and we knew it going into it. We talked about it all the time throughout the entire season. I called in multiple times, not as much as the usual because I didn't get into the coffee club. But You're more than overall, welcome. Join Monday. We knew it was a sham, and we knew it was going to happen. But honestly, it all came down to play call, and we had enormous, amazing play call. And every time after we had a great, amazing game, what do we do? We have a dud. Mm-hmm. And a dud. why are you putting Kirk Cousins in shotgun? That's a good question. So he has so he has six extra yards to curl up in the fetal position. What's that? I was like, what are you doing? Yeah, yeah. It was ugly. Hey, sports son, sports son. Wanted to lose, and honestly, and I've listened to a lot of the other people prior, obviously, because I was on hold for a long time. Sure. And um, no, I, I don't feel like Stefanski was actually all in on this game. But I'll hang up and I'll listen to you guys. Sports son, thank you. Um, Thank you. uh, I'm glad I'm not your stepson. No, just take a deep breath, relax, and turn on, let's see, the Wolves. No, not them. The Wild, no, no not not them. No. Uh, no, no. Put a VCR tape in of Twin Yankees. No, don't do that. You know what? Go to Netflix. (laughs) Sports Dad's telling you. Spend the rest of the night on Netflix. Find a documentary. Thank you for being in my life. No no problem, son. Dad, I literally want to talk about this whole Sano contract. Well, we'll do Sano event line maybe maybe on Monday. Maybe Monday, on Monday afternoon. Right. We'll All start right. at five sports. I, I just we can talk about Sano. I feel like I'm, I'm a little suspicious. I feel like we might need a sports dad paternity test. I don't know. You guys don't. It's not. It's a, You guys don't seem very much alike. Sports sons and sports dad are a lifestyle thing. It's not a biological thing. Okay, so you're, you're a swinger. So I am. A, <laughs> I have a flock of sports children. I could have sports daughters, too. This isn't the 60s. I could have sports daughters as well. I'm sports dad. I offer consultation in a meaningful in a meaningful way that that does not cross any boundaries. How about that? By the way, every comment on our on our Twitter feed right now on the, the live video stream is what is this guy talking about? <laughs> well, he's got a point. Here, let's go, let's go to <laughs> They've got a point. Let's go to Linda in Wyoming. Linda, Linda you're on the show. <laughs> Hi, guys. Well, I want to thank you for admitting that you decided 
that you were going to drink the Kool-Aid for this Vikings game. And, you know, you're just not quite old enough yet to understand that in Minnesota sports, you don't drink the Kool-Aid. It doesn't matter what team it is. Don't fall for it. Don't drink it. (laughs) I can't disagree. Yeah, But just once, aren't we going to be... Just once won't it work out, Linda? Just once. Well, I'm... Let me put it this way. I, you know, the the Twins won. Oh, yeah, the Yankees can't beat you. You know, we, we finally have a chance. How'd that work out? The Gophers. So, you know, Judd, you admitted, oh, I thought they had a chance with Washington or with um, Wisconsin. Yep. How'd that work out? Phil, you said Auburn. You know, is that equal to the game in 1960 where the, Vic- where the Gophers won the national championship? I say no. Number one, I'll tell you how old I am. I was in the stands for that game. <laughs> and I cried because they went to the Rose Bowl. It was on my birthday. Linda, just Monday. so you know, you don't you don't sound a day over the NFC Championship game in 98. I just want you to know that, okay? <laughs> well, I, I appreciate that. So, But, no, I cried because that team went, played Washington, and they played on a, on a uh, Monday because they never used to play uh, college games on Sunday because of the NFL. And they lost on my birthday to Washington after we'd sat in the stadium and watched them. And I mean, I cried, you know, how could you, how could you do that <laughs> that way? So, I mean, Zimmer, you knew big win. The next one, Philadelphia falls on his face. You knew that's what he was going to do here. Um, Denny green, you knew that was going to be the same idea because Denny's kind of the opposite of Mike, all of his, Eggs went in the offensive basket, and none of them went in the defensive basket. So you just learn, and, I mean, we have the record, tied with the record, I think, with Buffalo for the most losses in the Super Bowl, you know, and I've been around for all of those as well. So I'm almost at the point is, God, I hope we don't get to the point where we play because I don't want to hold the record for the most losses in the Super Bowl like that. But going, you know, so you don't you don't buy into the Kool-Aid that way, but, I think the Vikings, we know they're not going to get rid of Zimmer. But I think Spielman's got to step up and say, you know what, you're going to have to take some cuts on the defensive side because after five years, I really think i got to fix the offensive line. And, and we're going to put our money into the offense. And Mike's going to throw a fit. But someone's got to step up and say, we've got to fix it. Because if you don't fix the offensive line, it doesn't matter who you have as quarterback. Um, you know, you could probably have put, um, oh, anybody back there, Brady back there, whatever, in his good days, and he'd be killed behind this offensive line. So somebody's going to have to step up and do that. Secondly, and this is my point from before with the judge, if we draft a young quarterback, my gosh, he's got to sit because and then you got to get rid of Zimmer because Zimmer cannot handle these quote-unquote modern-day players. I think that's part of the issue like that and my hope is maybe Stefanski takes the Cleveland job and maybe we get Shermer back because otherwise we bring in somebody new what's this the fifth offensive coordinator you know that's not going to solve our offensive problems so yeah, well, Linda, Thanks, I really thank you. Appreciated it. Appreciate and you. I have a lot of fun listening to you and listening to you through the week. You don't always call, but enjoy the show and do that. And so, thanks so much. Talk right to on. you later. Right, that's uh, Linda in Wyoming. Let's keep going down the lines here. We'll go to Richard in Brooklyn Center. Hey, Richard. Hey, hey, how you guys doing? What's Good. happening, man? 
Vikings got smoked. Yeah, I know. I know. This is my first time. I'm a first time caller, long time listener. Awesome. Thank you for calling in. Don't make it. Don't make it your last. Yeah, yeah. Probably won't be known. The Vikings will have to vent a lot. <laughs> yeah, but uh, I got I got two thoughts for you guys. Just looking for your guys' thoughts and feedback. My first thought is, do you think that we would be in a better situation or the same situation if instead of signing Case or not Case Keenum, but a uh, uh, cousins to the long term or the the long uh, the big contract would we would we be better off signing cousins or not cousins but uh, Keenum and Bridgewater for probably less of a contract all right that's the first thought so we'll be be in a better situation or the same situation second thought is we all know that our our Achilles heel has been the quarterback position we have not been able to find a franchise quarterback other than maybe Bridgewater until he tore his leg up. But my thought is we're supposed to be, you know, the North, the the bold North, Minnesota, we're the bold North. But I don't think we ever make any bold moves. And so my thought is going forward after Cousins' contract, because I don't think we should re-sign him, but will we be better off just focusing our efforts on trying to lock down this quarterback position in the draft, maybe draft a guy, you know, see what he got in a couple of years. If he doesn't work out, then draft another guy until we pin that down. So those are my thoughts. Just looking for you guys' feedback. Yeah, Thanks man, Richard, thank you. Thank you for calling in. Okay, my, my question to point two is, again, who's drafting the guy? Like, who gets to make that call? Because to me, and I get it, that drafting a quarterback – in the first round, obviously, can be full of um, issues, wrought with problems at times. Mm-hmm. And, and there's no way that you can 100% say that you're going to have the right guy make that pick. But there are also people that I probably trust more. Mm-hmm. And so it, it's much like the coach. I need to know I need to know who's doing what and what's behind door A. But yes, I am, I am all for trying to draft QBs. Because again, if you hit on that, and let's not, you know, let's say they're not great, but they're good. They're really good. I mean, Lamar Jackson, no one thought was going to yeah. be like this. He is five years rent-controlled player. Mm-hmm. Four years, fifth-year option if it's a first-round pick, which it almost certainly would be Phil Mackey. And then, yes, the fifth-year option's expensive, but it's nowhere near as expensive as if I go out into the open market and sign one. Yeah. But I got to know who's making that pick. Well, the other question that Richard asked us off the beginning of his call was, if the Vikings go back in time, if the Vikings, instead of guaranteeing Kirk Cousins three years, and Kirk Cousins has played some of the best football of his career. He's been a top half of the league. He's been like a top 12 starter, basically. He's been very good for the Vikings. Would they be better off or the same if they had instead opted to sign Case Keenum and Teddy Bridgewater, kind of a combo for less money than the Vikings are paying Kirk Cousins? I don't look at it as being better off or worse off or the same. They'd be in a more flexible position, though. Because they could have they could have moved off of if if the goal eventually is to to obtain a top five quarterback, a Lamar Jackson or a Pat Mahomes type quarterback, right? Or it's possible the top five spots are already spoken for. So like a top six, maybe top six or top seven quarterback. You're going to need to draft guys in the first round or get lucky later in the draft, right? I mean that's and and when you when you have a quarterback who makes twenty seven million dollars a year and he's on a guaranteed contract, it just makes it far less likely or, that you're going to draft in the first round or. Trade up and, and make damn sure that you think you're taking 
the right guy. So instead of Trubisky, if you take Mahomes or Watson, yeah. you look really darn good, right? Yeah. Yep. Uh, so, 651-646-8255. Phone lines are full right now on Vikings Vent Line, but as soon as someone makes their point and drops off, then you get a chance to chime in. Let's go to, he's usually Pat from Golden Valley, but now he's Pat from Fort Myers. Hello, Pat from Fort Myers. I was out at the Tiki Bar where the last time I was there watching the Vikings was the uh, Keenum to Stefan Diggs, and the mood was much better than it was uh, today, especially in the second half. Uh, What, uh, you know, what, uh, I I don't know what to tell you about that one, but the second half was uh, track me to the quarterback, right? Uh, We we can't be too mad at Cousins the way he played today. He was going to get killed, right? No, I mean, it's not not like Kirk Cousins could have done really. Nothing, We're still mad, but it's really not his fault. No, boy. But uh, so I guess what we found out is Zim's right all along. If they can't run the ball, they can't uh, they can't compete with that offensive line, right? Yes. When they, uh, if the offensive line can't let them be second and five once in a while, they're going to get their ass kicked. And uh, boy, what a track meet that was. Forty ers though. That's uh, that's a pretty stout uh, front seven there when they got everybody healthy. Oof. Yeah, those guys are. Nick Bosa might be a psychopath, and I would love to have him in a, in a Vikings oh, uniform. It'd be so much fun to watch him every week. Yeah, and he's just one of their one of them. You know, they got about five of them. Man, they come after you. That's uh, yeah. that's for sure. But it was uh, now. I, I I you know what? I never followed up on your stone cold guarantee. I I, I uh, that you you just <laughs> have never had a stronger feeling in your life. I guess maybe it didn't turn out the way your feeling was. So perhaps it did not. <laughs> Mm-hmm. You think? Well, well this team is uh, two touchdowns better. I mean, they're, they're, this team's two ten points better than the Saints, fellas. They just, you know, they got a lot more balanced team. Their defense is way better than the Saints. Yes. And uh, I, I just, uh, you know, I think maybe we got overly excited about uh, <laughs> what they did to the Saints when this team was going to come at you with a better pass rush and everything else. So, story yeah. of our lives, Pat. Got too excited. Well, so uh, who's uh, we, we, do we? We still don't want people fired. We, do we still want Zim fired? Did we forget about last week? That uh, we forgotten about that already? I think I think I think where we're at with this is I, the best way I can sum it up. And we we've had emotional callers, we've had passionate callers, we've had level-headed callers. I think we all agree that the Vikings are very very good in a lot of different areas, but they're not great in any particular area. And so what do you do? Can you win a Super Bowl when you're good at quarterback, good at coach, good at GM, but you're not best in any of those categories? But is it bad enough to where you'd want to get close to hitting a reset button? That's I mean, that's kind of where we're standing here. The Vikings are good. They're good. Yep. But, but they're not great. The way, I just wonder what the score would have been today if that other quarterback wasn't so mediocre. <laughs> Oh my gosh! Yeah, he tried to he tried to give the ball away about five times today. Yeah. Eric Kendricks and, almost had four interceptions. You know the other. Uh, I hate to bring up a, a old wound because it's years ago. But uh, Phil, when Phil Nelson, Philip Nelson was the Gophers quarterback. Mm-hmm. What you noticed about him that was different from high school is that he threw the ball where the receiver was and not where he was going. And now at this much higher level, with the what one of the most talented teams in the league. On those little quick uh, passes over the middle, uh, Garoppolo's the same. He throws the ball where the guy was, not where he's going. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I think Cousins throws the ball way better than Garoppolo, but uh, not when he's getting killed. So, anyway. Yeah. But, uh, well, 
I, I'm I'm anxious to read uh, Collard's uh, stuff on this because he always uh, breaks it down pretty good. Yep, and uh, you'll be able to find that on the free Score North website. That is scorenorth.com and the free Score North app. Yes, indeed. Okay. All right, All right Pat. Thanks, Pat. Uh, have a, uh, when are you going to, as long as they keep calling, you guys are still on the air. Huh? That's, yeah, that's I mean, why we, we're here. We're, it's therapy. we're an hour and a half into this. We started with 11 <laughs> minutes to go in the fourth quarter because we couldn't Yeah, take well, it. why not? <laughs> we didn't miss much by not uh, concentrating on, on that part of so, the fourth uh, quarter. One thing, I, one thing we should point out here, excuse me for interrupting, but uh, uh, 2017 season ends with an ass kicking at Philadelphia. 2018 ends with an ass kicking at home to the Bears. 2019, uh, this thing, uh, they, you know, this isn't losing your last game of the season. This is getting drubbed all three times. So I, we got a pattern here. I don't know what it is, but it uh, it doesn't look good. It's That's a good way to get people fired up for eight months ugly, leading into the next NFL season. Ugly endings is the pattern. That's what we've got going. Yeah. Ugly endings. Well, that's true. All right, gentlemen. See you, All right, see you, you Pat. Uh, Monday. Talk to you Monday. Sounds Bye. good. Enjoy that the is tiki bar. Patrick Royce down at the tiki, down bar, the tiki bar Fort Myers. We're still rocking here, and we will continue to take phone calls. And we have been live for an hour and a half with no interruptions. And we will continue to go forward with no interruptions for the foreseeable future because our priority is playing therapist for you, Vikings fans. I'm Phil Mackey. That is Judd Zolgad. This is Vikings Vent Line, 651-646-8255, live on AM 1500 and the Score North app, which is free to download, and video streaming if you want to see our ugly radio faces on Twitter, Facebook, and Twitch. Who has been holding the longest? Let's go to Tom in Wisconsin. Tom, what are your thoughts on today's Vikings debacle? Well, I'll tell you what. I've been a Vikings fan since our first Super Bowl loss in 1970. And it's the same old story over and over again. I think talk about should you blow it all, all up? I think yes. I think you. I think you have to. Um, Cousins is not the answer. That's clear to me. I mean, say, yeah, he had a good season, but he didn't win the big games. He couldn't. He can't beat the Packers. He can't beat the Bears. And for the most part, he can't win big games. So I say blow it up because the game backups had against the Bears, they almost beat them. So I think the future is the future. And I think it's time to start building for it. Thank Thanks, you for the phone call, Tom. Hey, Phil, do you think, now in uh, retrospect, do you think that 2017, and that defense was very, very good, so I'm not trying to say that that team was not good, but do you think in some ways Keenum lightning in a bottle year, which was not, by the way, if they had re-signed him, it was not going to be, oh, 2018's great too. Dude, he was Keenum would have fallen off badly. Yeah. But... Did we almost in some ways put now too much stock in, in that? And because when they signed Cousins, we said final piece. Now, I don't even think we expected him to be lights out, but we thought, and I think rightfully so, improvement on case because this team is so good. But a lot went right that year. Were we almost lulled into a false sense of security about how good that team was and it's still impacting us to this day and and know, that man. team was closer to the 8 7 and 1 2018 team than we ever truly wanted to believe. No, let's in fact let's let's do an exercise here, okay? Just kind of off the top of my head. Not having everyone's roster in front of me, but the Vikings basically have the same team that they did 2 years ago with some like the core players are basically the same defensively for sure yeah yep they and the and, and, and the Thielen. main weapons and they've only added Dalvin Cook since then yeah. Brian O'Neill has has popped up as a reliable offensive lineman so I, I would say they've only added 
to that collection. Although Xavier Rhodes has taken a step back, so you maybe it kind of balances out. But mostly the so it's kind of an apples to apples this year versus a couple years ago. How many teams in the NFL over the last three years can say that they have let's start with skill position players? A top three, top five running back, two top ten to twelve wide receivers, maybe even top eight wide receivers. Right. One of the top pass catching tight ends, like a second tier pass catching tight end on offense. And then on defense, an elite pass rusher and a really good pass rusher on the other side. Mm-hmm. An elite interior defensive lineman in Linval Joseph. Mm-hmm. An elite linebacker in Eric Kendricks. And at least one elite safety and maybe even two elite safeties, Anthony Harris now and and Harrison Smith a couple and years Harris ago. Is and a definite upgrade on Sandejo. You know, like they have you're never gonna have elite across the board because it's a salary cap league. If you if you're gonna overpay defense and you're gonna have to take some lumps on offense, it's you can't put it all together perfectly. Right. Once in a while a team does the Cowboys in the early nineties, right? But how many teams have better rosters than the Minnesota Vikings? That's what's tough to wrap your head around. Why why do the Vikings not win and look like some of these other teams, the Niners, the Ravens, the uh, the Patriots even? Well, I think it starts with the answer to your question is because the offensive line is lacking badly. That's a huge deal. You physically get if you play a team like Green Bay, which has really good interior pressure, which, as we saw with what the Vikings did to Breeze, interior pressure ruins the quarterback's day. Uh, If you have the pressure that San Francisco puts on, you're lacking badly. You are going to be in trouble. And so, but this also then gets back to, of all the areas you elected to improve, how could you not, if you're Spielman slash Zimmer, how could you not improve yourself there? How could you not look at that and say, no matter what we do, this has to be addressed. It yeah. is absolutely, and and I think what's frustrating about the conversation as you go down that path is this one. Like Kirk Cousins' shortcomings are not a mystery. It's not like you got this great mobile quarterback and then he sort of got hurt and you're like, I can't run as well now. You yeah. know, Kirk Cousins, if you watched his film in Washington, you knew exactly what the strengths were and what the weaknesses were. And so I think the answer to your question is, is yes, your skill position gives you some really, or positions, plural, gives you some really good talent, and defensively, you know you've got talent. But if the whole philosophy of building a successful team says you have to start by being strong up front defense and offense, you basically have tried to make do with an offensive line, which, again, is not a surprise. It's not great. You know, you you lose or you, you have an opening at right guard, and you released the guy, who was not that good, and you replaced Remmers with Josh Klein, who the day he signed, we all said, if not who, hey, this isn't yeah. that great. Well, let's, I think that's I think that that's the response to your um, question. To me, the answer. the off season starts with if if I'm if I'm the Wilfs, if I'm Rick Spielman, if I'm Mike Zimmer, I'm 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 anyone who has decision making power at any level over there. The first place I'm starting is okay. If we run this back basically with the same roster, with some draft tweaks and say bye to Xavier Rhodes, but with essentially the same core players, if we run it back again, how much different is it going to be? And the answer is, well, I I think if it's different, it's going to be worse. So so I would start there. If, If you run it back with basically the same core group, 
it's gonna it's it's not gonna get better. It's probably gonna get worse just based on how old some of the defensive players are. And Adam Thielen's getting older and he's been banged up all season long, right? I mean, Adam Thielen is people think, oh, Adam Thielen's yeah, you know, he's only he's been a star receiver for like three years. Adam Thielen's like thirty. Yep. Bad so, hamstring this year and then the yep. um the foot. So if the answer is running it back is either gonna maintain status quo or get worse, okay. Let's start having some big boy discussions. Let's start having some, as PJ Fleck would put it, let's start eating some difficult conversations for breakfast. What are the tweaks that need to be made or the major changes that need to be made to get most of this core group to the Super Bowl level that it aspires to be at? And I don't have all of the answers right now. I need to take some I mean, this game just ended like an hour ago, and I want to spend some time thinking about this myself. But right. that, that's what makes the next two to three months okay. as we go into the draft and the combine and the free agency period so intriguing. Who can you get more from on your current? That's team? my starting point. Who can you get more from? I I would. You can't get more from Kirk. I would make a case that Kirk played as well, and I know there were some big games in which he was lacking. But I would argue that Kirk Cousins played as well as Kirk Cousins can play. He also like Kirk Cousins went into the. If you were to say you know, early in the season, all right, what are the expectations if this team makes the playoffs? Kirk Cousins is going to guarantee you a late-game dagger. Like, he's going to put the team on his back with two big-time throws and win you a playoff game late. Would you expect more from him than that in two or three playoff games? I would say, honestly, if you give me one game and he daggers somebody on the road, that's I don't expect him. I don't. He's not supposed to be Tom Brady or Aaron Rodgers. He did what he was supposed to do in that Saints game, Mm -hmm. and the rest was kind of house money. I I don't think you can ask for more from him. I would, would say that the same thing, Probably for different reasons, but the same thing would apply to Dalvin Cook. I think Dalvin Cook's going to miss games every year. And I think there's going to be a stretch of games where Dalvin Cook is a Pro Bowl outstanding, oh my gosh, could this guy be MVP of the league conversation? I don't think he's going to be. But my point is, I don't think three years in now that Dalvin Cook is suddenly going to play 16 games next year and be lights out. I think we've seen the most that you could possibly see from Cook. That's fair. Thielen is probably, to your point, and I agree, still a very good player, but probably at some point in here soon a declining player who's not going to be. I think you've gotten as much as you can. Stefan Diggs I absolutely love, but if Thielen's going to be a declining player of some sort, Diggs' play at times is going, especially against good teams, to drop off because he's going to be, like with the Saints, the focal point. I don't think there's a lot of current players on this roster who I look at for next year. Irv Smith is one. I'll give you four. I'll give you four. But I say, oh boy, there's going to be a big uptick from that guy. Irv Smith is one for sure. Yep. I actually think Irv Smith has upside. We talk about what George Kittle means to San Francisco. Big, athletic, pass-catching tight ends who are just en- balls of energy. Mm-hmm. I think Irv Smith can kind of be that for the Vikings. I think Bradbury can. Bradbury was a rookie, and yeah. he was terrible the first couple games, and and he had growing pains, but he got better. I think Bradbury there could be another step for him. Okay, I think Brian O'Neill could take another step by just being your left tackle. That could be a thing that happens. Going from right to left tackle is tough, though. But even at right tackle, I think okay, third year for him, and, and, and he's, he's, not, he's been nice a bright player. spot. He's been a nice, spot. and I would even say just based on like career arc, assuming health, Mike Hughes. Mike Hughes, it, I don't think Mike. I don't think it's fair to say that Mike Hughes has reached his ceiling as a football player. Okay, but I mean, so four guys, yeah, fifty-three man roster, yeah, and you're probably right. Other than that, Mrs. Lincoln, how was the play? Hey, Colin, you're on Vikings Vetline right now with Mackie and Judd. <laughs> hey guys, 
What's happening, caller? Long time listener, first time caller. Thank you. Uh, you know, watching the game, watching a bunch of the buddies, and we kind of knew we were going into this game underdogs. We needed to show something. And I know there's a lot of talk about Stefanski taking the Browns job, what he did. I don't think there needs to be too much more talk on that. The guy had one foot out the door, and I don't think he's going to Cleveland after this showing. Um, looking at it, you know, a lot of people would say, is it Stefanski's scheme that did that? Or is it Cousins? Is our playbook limited by Cousins? You know, the guy can make the throws. He, I don't, I don't think he played bad today. I think he, he didn't miss a lot of throws. But when you're looking at at uh, Shanahan's offense, the Garoppolo has to read the defense off. They have a lot of motion, a lot of that going on. Kirk is a, he's a slow thinker when it comes to the football play. <laughs> you know, I, I, I just look at it. You know, we can all say we want a more creative, fast-paced offense, but. I don't know if Kirk can do it. And I think Kirk's a good quarterback. He can make the throws. If you have the play where you, he'll go through his reads and do the best he can with whatever time he has. Granted, today you didn't have a lot of time. But I think if you're going to go for a more creative offense, you got to get a guy who can, read the de- who can read a defense, motion guys, and handle a lot of moving parts at once. One guy I'm kind of looking at that not a lot of people are talking about, what about Taysom Hill over, in, over in, at the Saints? I mean, you know, I'm not saying he's going to be a starting quarterback for us, but let's bring him in and use him in the same way the Saints are. Bring a little flair to our offense. And, you know, the other side of the ball, the, the, the Niners did what we thought they were, they were going to do. They were going to hit hard. They were going to hit fast. The Vikes, they all say, you know, we had a great run defense, but we had the worst run defense in dealing with a 21 personnel when we had a fullback. The Niners used a fullback three times more than the average team. Over the season, we were giving up an average of about eight yards per carry when using a fullback. They ran all over us. So you got Tevin Coleman over 100 yards. You know, it's, it's a lot of stuff like that that we know that was going to happen during the game. I think Zimmer tried to contain a little bit of that, and we failed. A lot of it, I think defense gets tired when you do four straight three and out. Yes. That's what it is. Bingo. Um, it's, it's tough. It's tough to rely on your defense to play for that long. Yeah. And then I guess. Personnel-wise, you know, we look at what the Pats do over at Belichick, and one of the things Belichick's the best at is he gets rid of guys too early before they get old. He doesn't really like doing the big deals. Vikes, we have our fan favorites. We like guys like Linval Everson. We want to see him with their whole careers with the Vikes, but at the end, the play drops off. It's like, it's just like you guys said earlier, it's a salary cap league. At one point, you know, you you got to get them out of here. You get what you can from them. Convert them into second, third-round picks when they're at the top of the value. Get some young guys in. A lot of talk of re-signing Delvin. He's not going to get more durable as he gets on. The guy's going to play 50% of games. Personally, I think I'd rather invest in the old line. Just get another left tackle out there. Let's just keep drafting running backs in second, third, second, third rounds every year or every couple of years. Get fresh guys in there. Look at the Niners. They have the best running back in the game. They have no one of Delvin's caliber. It's, they have a great old line. They have a great scheme. Yeah. I do I do believe in Zimmer. I believe in Spielman. Stefanski, I don't think he's back next year. Um, but, yeah, you know, I, I, we need to add something to our offense to make it a little more creative. Every team knows what we're going to do every year. Then on defense, you know, we got aging guys. we got a lot of questions coming up with that. Is Everson back? Is Linval back? It, it, it's going to be tough. I think we're going to go through some growing pains. Like you guys said, there's not a lot of guys I see getting a lot better next year. But, yeah. or you know, barring some drastic changes, I, I don't see the Vikes taking big steps forward next year. Colin, hey, thank you for the insight, and we appreciate you, Colin. Make sure that you call back again. Weekday Vikings vent line in play tomorrow at 10 o'clock. 
Um, let me throw another name at you in terms of just just for fun. We're talking. To, we're just this is just a conversation among friends about the Vikings quarterback spot. Okay, I'm still processing. By the way, so go ahead. We're watching a league right now where there's just a bunch of Ferraris coming in. Right, you got a bunch of bunch of Lamar Jacksons. Yep, bunch of Kyler Murrays. Guys who are mobile, they can they run can, around, they can do a lot of things. Yep, and I don't care if they if if a mobile quarterback doesn't have 15 years longevity. If you can be really, really good for like six years, I would sign up for that. Yep. So I'm looking at the draft because I think your window, if you want to start drafting quarterbacks again, your window starts now because Kirk has one year left in his contract. So you could you could just based on where you're at with your current starting quarterback's contract, you could start to look ahead and draft a quarterback now. But you're going to be drafting late in the first round. I think, I mean, Joe Burrow, obviously Joe Burrow is going to be like the number one overall pick, right? Yep. Bengals will take him. Uh, is it pronounced Justin Bear or Herbert? Um, Depending on where you're from in the world, I guess. From Oregon? Herbert, I believe. But some draft sites have either. him as like a top five, top ten pick. Tua, depending on, I think Tua goes in the top ten. I think some team in the top ten drafts Tua as a look ahead. Mm-hmm. So those guys are off the board. The other guys that might be available are Jake Fromm, Jake Fromm State Farm. Georgia. I don't need, I, I'm not interested in, I'm not necessarily interested in Jake from State Farm, uh, Georgia. I've seen him play enough where I think he kind of wigs out in some big spots, but I don't know. I could, I could be talked into that potentially. Okay. Um, Jalen Hurts. Yep. Might be late first round, early second round. Yeah. He's got some question marks as well, for Nick, sure. Nick Saban kind of cut bait on him, yes. right? For Tua, obviously. Yes. Who I, who I like a lot. If Tua's hip is, is healthy, I'm very intrigued about trading up for Tua. Oh my God! And having Honestly, Tua sit like, if you can draft Tua, it is a no-brainer. But if you trade up and it, look, I understand the price w- would be huge, but if you could trade it. up and get Tua, and then say, "Hey, buddy, you're sitting, you're sitting behind Kirk," and I just go to Kirk and say, "Kirk, if you're mad, I really don't care. I mean, just He'd be mad too. Deal with it. Yeah. But deal with it. And then Tua gets to rehab the hip. He gets to sit." He gets to go to meetings. He gets to learn. And then 2021, he's your guy. And my guess is it would work. I like him. He seems like a leader. Those are the things I look for. I don't care how far you can throw a ball. I, he just seems like, like he Deshaun has Watson character was, right? and leadership. Deshaun Watson showed all of those things. Are you mobile, accurate, leader, can you take and charge? high character? And Deshaun Watson was yes. Yep, 100%. And, and the Bears traded up and took Trubisky. Yep. Let's go to Ham Lake where Kevin is on Vikings vent line. Go ahead, Kevin. Hey, gentlemen. Thanks for the marathon vent line right now. Good grief. No, oh, hopefully it's therapeutic for, for you hey, and, and everyone else. How much coffee have you drank tonight? What's your coffee flavor right now? Uh, my coffee flavor right now is the uh, company coffee. It's IPA. And I believe, I wish it was. <laughs> believe me, if I, I would cop to that in a second if true. And I think I'm at, uh, I think since I got here uh, for the start of our pregame show, I think I'm at five or six cups. Uh, mine's Michelob, so thank you, gentlemen. You, uh, Kevin, you win. What's that? You win. <laughs> if you're drinking beer and I'm drinking coffee, Kool-Aid, Kevin right? wins. Kevin won Judd nothing. <laughs> Don't drink the Kool-Aid, right? But it's like college when you're drinking a whop of two. It tastes <laughs> great when you start. By the end of the night, you're throwing up on your shoes. Hell, that's like the Vikings game, Kevin. <laughs> exactly. That's what the Vikings did in San Francisco, <laughs> whop a two party. <laughs> we, we were out physical all day. Yep. I mean, just on both sides of the ball, we were just flat beat. Uh, my favorite topic is Xavier Rhodes, right? Look at that first touchdown. He couldn't move laterally. The guy has zero lateral movement, which brings me to a bigger problem. Waynes is a free agent. 
Hughes and Alexander are uh, injury-prone, and Hill, he's one toke on the bong away from a year suspension. Who do we got back there? Yeah. We're in trouble in our back, defensive backfield. We've beat the hell out of the offensive line, especially Alpine. Everybody knows, oh, my goodness, it's just a disaster. I, I've seen enough of that guy. He can just go, right? Uh, now, let's talk about Spielman here. I don't want to give him credit for drafting late-round draft picks because that is his scout's job. He's not the one drafting these late round picks. It's not, he didn't pick Rhodes. He didn't draft Thielen. He, or not Rhodes. Um, my apologies. Uh, he didn't draft Diggs. He didn't draft Thielen. Uh, it, it's their scouting department that's doing a great job. He's just getting credit for it. I'm okay if Wilf said, you got to go. Zimmer, on the other hand, would you quit with telling everybody what you're going to do and just let your OC do his job? I mean, I agree. You got to run the ball, but sometimes you need to pass to set up the run. And Zimmer is so set. We're going to run on first down. We're going to run on second down, and then we're going to throw on third down. Let your offensive coordinator do his job. If I was Stefanski, God forbid, I'd actually go to Cleveland. I hate that place, but at least you're out of here. Uh, I mean, I know you're mad right now, Kevin. I know you're mad, and everything you're saying makes sense, and then you just said that. I just want to walk you back one step. Walk back, Walk it back one step. One One step. step. I'll I'll agree with you on that. I mean, it is Cleveland, for crying out loud. But I I just don't understand the philosophy there that we're going to pound our head into one of the best front sevens in football and then not change our thinking until it's fourth quarter, you're down by 17, and you don't have a prayer. Now, I want to go to what you were talking about with Tua. I love the guy. I think he's a leader. I think he's got a good enough arm to play in the NFL. And if I could be like the Kansas City Chiefs and move up to get Mahomes to get Tua, I would. My biggest concern is injuries, not only with the hip, but he had an ankle before that that he had surgically repaired and it's just a huge question mark for me. So I agree with you guys. Boy, we we do need to blow it up, in my opinion, because it, but it has to start with our offensive line. When we blow it up, it has to start there, not necessarily behind Kirk Cousins. Right. So, Kevin, thank you for the phone call. That's great stuff. And I think I think his frustration comes through loud and clear. There. Let's go to Jack and Albert Lee. And I want to throw this question on top for people who call in here at 651-646-8255. One open phone line right now. What is your biggest Vikings pet peeve? New question on the table here. What is your biggest Vikings pet peeve right now? Let's really vent about this team. Let's let's really turn this into a therapy session. Go ahead, Jack. Um, I would have to say, honestly, it's Zimmer right now. Um, we got the D-line, for instance. He's playing Shamar Stefan over Ifadi Odenabo and Jaleel Johnson. Like, if you're watching the game, I don't think Stefan had one tackle all night. He was getting pushed off the ball five yards. It's like, I mean, it's like, are they watching the same game we are? Odenabo had, what, four sacks in the last five games to end out the year? And we're putting Stefan in there against a team that runs 21 personnel that we just get absolutely demolished by? I just, I don't get the logic. I just think that Zimmer's maybe a little blinded 
by his loyalty to players. He's not playing the best players in this situation. I mean, another thing, I mean, for instance, Aaron Jones, he's running, like, wheel routes out of the backfield and stuff. Like, why isn't Dalvin Cook doing this stuff? Dalvin Cook's damn near as less, as athletic or more athletic. I mean, we just got to be more creative. Yeah, that's a that's a good good phone call from Jack there. There there was also like a tight end screen to Conklin at one point. I was like, where's Irv Smith on that? It actually worked a little bit. Oh, it did, I guess. That's a good point. Nate and St. Paul, Vikings pet peeves and other points that you want to make. Go ahead. Ugh, sports dad, <laughs> where do I even start? Can I call you sports dad? Of course you okay? can. Here's sports son. Okay. Yes. Great. It's a community. Uh, pet peeve is just them not showing up for games. Um, heading into this week, I. I kind of expected that they were probably coming away with a lot. Away game, hard game, short week. But all I really wanted, I would have been happy had it been a three-point loss, even a missed field goal, even if they showed up in the game. Um, yeah, I would say that's it. Uh, just uh, the last two years with Kirk Cousins, um, I would say that's pretty consistent, even for going further back. Um, but going to the thing that I've been just out of my mind, if I were the, the Wilfs, what would I what would I do to kind of send a message? I would think I would tell them to whatever you do, get a quarterback. And I think that would you know if you had to get rid of personnel to do so, um, I think having a good quarterback in there would sort of you know fertilize the soil and make it a little bit more uh, enticing for potential other head coaches to come in if the season doesn't work out. Put a little fire on the Kirk Cousins' button. Either pay, you know, play for his contract here in Minnesota, or play for his contract somewhere else. I don't know. I mean, I love a Viking. I, 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 you know, I've been a long time fan, and um, we have a good team. I'm glad of the consistency. I kind of like Zimmer, um, but I think I'll just keep it at that, and I'll just uh, go ahead and listen. All right, thank Thanks, you. Nate. Thank you for the phone call. Appreciate Nate. it. Let's go to Phil in Plymouth. You're on Ventline, Phil. Vikings pet peeves. Yeah, guys, uh, I'm hot, I'm angry, and I'm ready to fight the Kirk haters. But uh, I think my biggest pet peeve that's been touched on, especially by some of the um, older uh, folks, ageless, but Pat in Golden Valley and Linda in Wyoming, but <laughs> the O-line. We, we lost this game in the trenches. The O-line is my pet peeve. And I know, Phil, you were just touching on the mobile quarterbacks, and that is the trend, but you look at these last three Super Bowls, AFC was Brady, Brady, Brady. NFC was Jared Goff, uh, Matt Ryan, and uh, what year am I forgetting? Oh, yeah, Nick Foles, right? These quarterbacks aren't exactly mobile. We know Kirk Cousins. He is a pocket passer. He succeeds under play action. He can throw a pretty deep ball. We know his strengths. We invested in him. Why, then, is Rick Spielman getting O-linemen who are undersized, are the zone blocking scheme that they they can't handle the interior pressure. Every game we have lost, not every game, but the games that have looked really bad. This goes back to last year, the two Bears games last season. Kyle not in the playoffs this year at Soldier Field. This year, the Packers game on Monday Night Football. This year, this game, we lost because our O-line got manhandled by their D-line. Mm-hmm. We could not establish a run game. We, we had all these third and nines where the, D, the D-line pinning their ears back, rushing Kirk. He does not do well in the seven-step drop back when they know they're passing, especially with – he had no time. Today, 10 carries, 21 yards, six sacks, 46 yards. The Vikings fans were putting this on Kirk Cousins' shoulders, 
I think you're a little bit delusional. The guy, if you're going to invest in a quarterback, you should invest in an O-line. That is my pet peeve. Uh, go Niners. I hope they crush the Packers next week. Um, and I want to end with some positivity as always. So PJ Flex style, go Ghost, Skyuma, row the boat, go Wild, our ice, go Vikes, Skull, <laughs> go Twins, just no baseball, go Timberwolves, I is North. <laughs> Love it. Phil in Plymouth oh. there here on Vikings Ventline. <laughs> this is great. Let's keep rolling through here. We've blabbed enough. Uh, Alex in South Dakota. You're on with Phil Mackey and Judd Zolgad. Hey, guys. How's it going? Good. Good, man. All right. So I called in earlier um, when I was on my way home on, on the whole pregame show that you guys were doing, but I kind of got I lost service or whatever. But basically what I was about to say before I got cut off um, was that, you know, I didn't understand. I, I'm sure you guys remember all of the people calling in that were predicting a Vikings win. And I'm thinking to myself, wait, did we did we all of a sudden get a brand-new O-line? I mean, I didn't understand how they were going to hold up against that scary defensive front for the Niners, and sure enough, they didn't. But I got to say, you know, most times, most playoff losses, I would just be really, you know, beside myself, really upset. But I got to say this, you know, it, it's not really a big deal. I mean, it, it, there's not much to say about this individual game. Why? I mean, if you're upset about this individual game, you just need to do something else with your life. Because, I mean, we're playing the number one seed on the road. I mean, this team was, what, the Niners were 8-0, I think, at one point, right? Yes. You know? Yeah. I mean, come on, you guys. I mean, be realistic. I mean, for the fans that are like, Oh man, we beat the Saints, and that was a good upset. That means we can do it against a better team. I mean, come on. So there's not much to say about this game. That you know, yeah, you weren't going to win this game. It's not a big deal. But if you want to talk about you know like the season as a whole, like fine. But my biggest Vikings pet peeve it's the offensive line. It's just like what the last guy said. Um, I think you guys should throw up a poll on Twitter of which unit of Minnesota sports will um, be untouched. And just below average and poor for the longest time. The Twins starting rotation of the Vikings offensive line. I think that'd be a good <laughs> poll to put up there. Because it's a tight race well, right mean, now. Yeah, because just like that, it has been untouched and and unkept for for way too long. And but honestly, I'm feeling pretty good. I'm feeling pretty optimistic. We know, honestly, Stefanski. Please, Browns. Please give him a ton of money <laughs> just to get him out of here. I I don't want him. I'm not interested. I've been saying this since week twelve. Um, but honestly, other than Stefanski, get rid of Elfline and Reef. And honestly, uh, you know, a lot of fans are like, hey, you know, get rid of Cousins. Go, you know, take a gamble in the draft. But where is the guarantee that you're going to get better? You could get worse, you know? That's what we've so, been talking about. Yeah. yeah you got to exactly. be willing. You got to be willing. Yeah. Exactly. So calm down. Hey, you know, it's not that bad. Big picture. Decent season. We're on to the draft. Skull Vikes. Let's go. There he is. Mm-hmm. Alex. Alex in South Dakota. I, just to be clear, um, the Vikings played a very poor game today. I'm not going to put this all on Kevin Stefanski. No, or Kirk Cousins. By the way, like there's like they, Kevin Stefanski. Do I think Kevin uh, probably got too much credit for a lot of things that Gary did throughout the course of the season? Yes, I do. Personally, I mm-hmm. do. I think he did a nice job. Mm-hmm. But this whole thing of Kevin Stefanski's the next great young mind, well, okay, but he had, and, and this is great, he had yeah. a mentor. Uh, but I'm also not going to turn around today and say Kevin Stefanski play, paid all attention possible to the Cleveland Browns last week and screwed the Vikings. That's absolutely not accurate. Yeah. And it's, it's sometimes if if someone has a bad game as as a coach or a quarterback, 
then that's just it. Well, we're just we're, we're just going to write them off, and they're just us. Oh, it turns out that Kevin Stefanski was garbage, or you know Mike Zimmer in the NFC Championship game against the Eagles. So it turns out Mike Zimmer's a fraud. No, it just turns out that they're humans and they're not perfect, and there might be better teams and better coaches. I think it just means that. Yeah, Kevin Stefanski got checked a little bit today. And the offensive line got done. Mm-hmm. And you know what? As surprised as I am that the Vikings got beat that badly and that thoroughly, I can't say I'm surprised that an offensive line that we've been talking about for months now, it, it would be completely disingenuous for us to be like, didn't see that coming from the O-line. It was great. We talked for months about the fact that it wasn't properly addressed. And the zone blocking scheme was a way to try and get around that. Yeah. They brought in Gary Kubiak, helped them try and and mask the issues that they had. He tried to do it with uh, Kirk in some ways by giving Kirk a familiar offense. He tried to do it with a zone scheme uh, that Dalvin, for the most part, thrived with when healthy. But this offensive line was never, it's never like they were great. And we talked about that. By the way, the Titans just took a two-touchdown lead on the Ravens. 13-rip. Did you see the uh, pass by my guy Ryan Tannehill throwing the darts down the field, challenge? man? Cesspool Challenge. That was a gorgeous pass by Tannehill. Speaking of the quarterback Cesspool Challenge, our guy Rami might want to start picking punishments because uh, your, oh. boy, your, your boy hedged on Kirk Cousins You're having right. a bad game here. and well, Yeah, I took Cousins so. last week against the Saints. Looked pretty <laughs> stupid. You look pretty good. Let's go to Matt in Iowa. You're, not, you're up next on Vikings Ventline here on Score North. Hey guys, how's it going? Good man. What's happened with you? Vikings got smoked. Good. Other no, than that, I'm, I'm actually I'm doing all right. I'm a long time listener, first time caller. Awesome. Um, love love what you guys do for all your sports. So I appreciate that. Thanks, but, Matt. Yeah, I don't have too much to say other than um, I was a little surprised by how we couldn't handle the run. Um, obviously, I didn't think the quarterbacks. You know, if you look at it, they both played pretty you know, pretty comparable, and it was just a matter of who could run the ball a little bit better. So I was a little surprised that uh, they were able to do that. And then, um, I mean, like everyone's been saying before me, it's, it really comes down to the offensive line. I don't think there's really issues with, you know, I think Zimmer is as good as we're going to get right now, and I'm okay with that. I think he does an incredible job at, what, you know, getting us ready. Um, obviously the big games have been a little bit, um, what everyone kind of points to, but you know, I, you know, people have been saying San Francisco is a better team today, and it, I mean, it's, you know, there's a reason why they're the, the one seed. So I just kind of wanted to hear what your guys' thoughts were on um, the offensive line. You know, I, you know, I thought they were the the, the issue today, and I, I was kind of curious to what you thought um, was the overall issue. Thanks, guys. Yep. No, it's uh, Matt. It is. It is a position that up until very recently, the Vikings neglected draft after draft after draft. Now, they have spent high draft picks on Garrett Bradbury and Pat Elfline in the last couple of years, and they spent a bunch of money on Riley Reeve, but that was that's free agent money where it's, it's musical chairs, man, supply and demand. If there's even an average left tackle on the market, he, he, he's going to get paid a ton of money. So that, that's kind of the Riley Matt, Reeve situation. Matt Kalula got paid. Exactly. By the Carolina Panthers. He got yep. paid. Yep. So it's yeah they 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 have the look of a franchise that for about the last ten or twelve years has just kind of said eh, we'll figure it out in the fifth round right. with offensive line. Yep. And it you know, and so they finally start taking some little stabs in the first round. Well, you're not going to bat a thousand on those, and you're you're sort of seeing that Garrett Bradbury. I don't think it's fair to dump on him too much because he's a rookie and he deserves a chance to get into year two, year three before we. But the guards are problems. Yeah. Klein and Elfline are definitely problems. And then you watch the way that San Francisco doesn't have the best offensive line in the NFL, but 
you watch the way San Francisco moved the Vikings forward. Mm-hmm. Play after play after play, especially in the third quarter when time six, of possession started to lean on the defense. Eight yards, six yards, five off yards. the ball, like boom, forward, three, four yards, and then the running back gets another couple yards on top. I mean, that was the story of the game today. Let's go to our guy Dave in South Carolina. Uh oh. All right, Dave. You okay? Yeah, guys, I'm all right. How are y'all doing? We're doing all right here. We've been rocking and rolling for two hours, and we haven't taken a break yet. So. Marathon session, Dave. It's a marathon session. Oh, man, I tell you, I didn't realize y'all started with 11 minutes left in the fourth quarter. No wonder I, I, I couldn't get in. But but uh, I don't blame you guys. Listen, I had a bad feeling about this when I saw the 49ers take a Dennis Green knee uh, right before the half. And, <laughs> yep. and the answer was, we feel great. We're doing what we want to do, and we're just going to come out and – Keep doing it in the second half when a coach does that and doesn't even try to score. Uh, and then, of course, we hear Zimmer come out and his his words to Tafoya were, "We need to run the football." Okay, let me let me just let me just cut to the chase, guys. Uh, y'all y'all are going to think I'm going back and forth here, but you know, we we all know that, and I know Judd, you know this. Zimmer calls the shots. Mm-hmm. I don't want to hear about player decisions, the draft may go to Spielman, but we know that Zimmer controls a lot of that, too. Now, I know Spielman's made mistakes. I get it. But unless Mike gets away from controlling this offense, and I still think that Stefanski has given a pattern he has to work within, right? Even though I'm still thinking he's so predictable on first and second down, that's a problem. But look, I could have gone out there tonight and watched Goose Creek High School here outside of Charleston, South Carolina, play uh, the 49ers, and I could have seen better football. It was an embarrassment. It's shameful. And this is why team people hate this organization that watch us, right? Uh, buddies give me a hard time. As fans, we get take it so hard because, I mean, don't you guys realize y'all started this at 11 minutes left in the fourth quarter? It was an embarrassment. Yeah. I mean, don't you agree? I mean, it, yeah. just a thorough embarrassment. I mean, I can't even believe I was forced to watch it. So here's my thing. I think there's only one way to resolve this. I think you guys know. If you want to win championships, I'm back to where I was, Judd, with about four weeks left in the season okay. because I want so badly to win. You need a different eye on this organization. Zimmer's not going to give his eye up. Spielman's not going to give his eye up. So here's where I'm, here's where I'm going with this. If Josh McDaniels does not get that job in Cleveland, you bring him in, you bring Nick Casario in from New England, you shake this whole thing up, let's look and see what we really have talent-wise. Give me a new evaluator. Keep George Payton if you need to. I don't care. Hire Arthur Smith, this coordinator from Tennessee. Do whatever you got to do. But I know I'm going a little crazy here because I'm upset. But I do think it's time for a new set of eyes on exactly – how good this talent is, do you follow me, or what it's not. Because I could not believe what we were doing when we were behind the third and fourth quarter. I don't know about you guys. I know you all have already alluded to it, but there's really not much left to say, is there? I mean, you see when the defense mentally checks out on the offense. You can see it. And I think if they don't do something soon, they're going to start losing players like Diggs. Because I tell you what, I wouldn't want to play in this kind of environment. Um you know, and, and, and this this frustration. So the answer is, I really don't know where it lies, but I don't know how you guys feel, but I think there needs to be a different set of eyes. And I think that the Wills understand that, 
And they're probably still thinking that and debating that as to, okay, you know, do, where do we go? Like you guys say, where do you go from here? I tell you where you go from here. You take those two number one draft picks that you've got, one this year and one next year, and whatever you got to do to open that draft, and you're right, Phil, you go get a Tua, right? And you go do something like that to change this whole franchise because that's the only way to change it right now. I, I really believe is at the quarterback position. And what I saw today from Cousins, you know, you know me, I'm the eternal optimist, but I'm tired of being a glutton for punishment. And that guy, he was looking at ghosts from the middle of the first quarter on. I know it was rough. I know it was tough. I know it was out of control. But did you really? can you really believe that we lost a game like that? And my answer back to you guys, and I thought about it for the last two hours, is yes, I can believe it. Yeah. And it's a shame. You know, it really is a shame. So, well, Dave, we appreciate you calling in on a regular basis. Call we'll, Monday, Dave. We'll give you one of these. Talk to you Monday, okay? All right. I appreciate you guys, okay? All right, see you, Bye-bye. Dave. That's Dave in South Carolina. You're listening to AM1500 KSTP Minneapolis-St. Paul. Score North here, Vikings Vent Line, and we have been going straight through with no breaks for over two hours. So why don't we do this? Let's just take a couple minutes because i got to be honest, I need a drink of water and I have to pee. I'm just going to be I'm – just, I'm just to that point now after coffee. this game. <laughs> My new so, coffee mug. Kyle, Eric, Manny, David, we have one vent line open right now. 651-646-8255. It's Phil Mackey and Judd Zolgad here on Score North and the Score North app. Cousins fires over the middle and it's intercepted at the 40-yard line by Richard Sherman. From the two the ground again. Touchdown! Tevin Coleman takes it in. Angled kick. Juggled. Lost. Sherrills loses it. And recovered by the 49ers. That's AJ... On the other side of the glass, yeah. taking your calls and playing highlights. Playing or all lights. those bad all highlights. The, playing all the All hits. that negative stuff from AJ. That's yeah. not me. Yeah, you can call AJ's personal cell phone at 612. No, I'm just kidding. Um, we haven't even talked about the Marcus Sherrill's muffed punts. Dude fumbled two punts today. One that got away and essentially the Vikings were going to lose anyways. But his, his dropped punt at the end of the, well, it was like the beginning of the fourth quarter. Yeah. No, I put they a brought, nice cherry on top of that day, didn't it? But then they brought him back. Um, He's had a great career as a punt returner, <laughs> but that's like the one thing you specialize in, yeah. and to botch it that bad well, in the biggest game. Them. Yeah, he he, what muffed one early in the game in the first quarter, I believe, mm-hmm. and uh, recovered it. Our buddy uh, Chip Scoggins from the Star Tribune has a tweet that sums up the day perfectly. Statistically, the 49ers ran the ball forty-seven times today. Dude, that's the nuts. Vikings had forty-five plays. That is nuts. The 49ers ran the ball two more times, forget their passing game altogether, than the Vikings had offensive plays today. 47. You want to talk about someone just reaching into your chest yeah, like Indiana Jones Temple of Doom and they, tearing your heart they out. They ripped your guts out. 47 rushing attempts. Correct. And they averaged four yards a carry, too. They just road-graded the Vikings in that game. <laughs> yes. Oof. That's that's but about how about as bad that? as you, you had can get two beat. fewer plays offensively than San Francisco had rushing attempts. Yep. What an absolute ass kicking in San Francisco or technically Santa Clara today. So uh, my name is Phil Mackey. That is Judd Zolgad. This is Vikings Ventline on Score North. 
And we appreciate a couple things. If you're watching right now on one of our video feeds, on one of our live video streams, Twitter or Facebook, if you like the show and you like what we're doing at Score North and with Vikings Ventline, you can help us a lot by just sharing it. Just share this video stream on Facebook with your community and retweet this and tell other people that we have the best Vikings postgame show, not only in the market, but around the country. We have a lot of people who call from Texas, call from Florida, call from California, South Carolina, Colorado, South Carolina, Dave. and of course, all of you callers from the Twin Cities. We really appreciate you. And let's go to those vent lines right now. Let's see who's been holding the longest. Looks like Manny in Milwaukee has been holding the longest. So go ahead. One of our themes here, Manny, is your biggest Vikings pet peeve right now. So please give us that and any other thoughts you have. What's up, guys? Thanks for taking my call. Yeah. That's easy. That's very easy. Well, my biggest pet peeve is, um, I, give me a sec. I need to go in on this man, Mike Zimmer, especially these Mike Zimmer apologists who wanted to give this man a lifetime contract after last week's wild card win. I want to spit some numbers at you guys really quickly because I think the easiest way to really quantify Mike, the Mike Zimmer era, I think is going to speak loudly when I give you these numbers. So from 2014 to 2019, the Vikings are 13 and 28, first teams over 500, right? That's a 31% winning percentage. That's tied for 22nd in the league. Okay, let's go to the division record. They're 3 and 13 in the Mike Zimmer era versus division teams over 500. What does that basically mean? That means that they can only beat the Packers and Bears in their down years. That's, that's what that 3 and 13 record tells me. Let's look at these last two years, 2018, 2019. Arguably two of the most loaded Vikings rosters we've seen over the last decade, 2 and 10. We're teams over 500. That's a 16% winning percentage. That's 25th in the league. So for everybody that, you know, I want to bring up another guy because this guy gets a lot of criticism nationally, and I don't understand why Mike Zimmer doesn't get, you know, is able to evade a lot of the criticism. Jason Garrett, nationally viewed as, I would say, most people view him as a laughing stock, a bad coach. Over that same time period, 2014 to 2019, this man has a 41% winning percentage, first teams over 500 and 57% winning percentage versus division teams over 500. Yeah. So yet, he gets viewed as a bad coach, a clown. He can't win the big game. Now, granted, look, I know that there's semantics with that being a big market in Dallas. It's, it's America's team, right? So, like, they're going to get a lot, of, uh, you know, a lot of media coverage and, and attention. I get that. But Mike Zimmer, nationally, there's this narrative that he's some kind of great coach. And, look, he did what he had to do. I think that these last five years, he's... He's done what he had to do to transition the team to, to getting to the playoffs, getting some great playoff wins under our belt. But if you look at the people who are like hardcore supporters of Mike Zimmer, there's always a scapegoat. It's always the OC. This year it's Stefanski. Before that it was De La Flippo. Before Shermer it was North Turner. You know, at what point do people not start looking and saying, well, maybe the common denominator in all this is Mike Zimmer? Like, I'm not trying to stir up something or, or act like I, you know, some kind of concrete evidence, but like, how do we know that Mike Zimmer isn't putting some kind of referendum behind the scenes on these guys that they can't do their jobs to their full potential? Like, how do we know that he's not handcuffing these guys in terms of how they want to call their plays because he has a certain vision of how he wants this offense to look in terms of its identity? Um, you know, so I, I just don't understand why he gets to evade so much criticism when you look at those records, like two and ten versus teams over 500 these last two years, like, that's unacceptable. So, I mean, mm-hmm. if, if people have low standards as Vikings fans and they want to pad up these 10-11 win seasons against bad teams, win a cute playoff game here or there, that's cool. Mike Zimmer's the guy for you. But if you want to win a Super Bowl, like, this isn't the guy that's going to get it done. And those, those numbers are hard to dispute. The second point I really want to uh, make really quickly, too, before I get out of here is, if you look at the skill positions on this team, I mean, it's an embarrassment of riches what this team has on offense. Guys, we have two number one receivers on our team. 
Diggs and Thielen are both number ones. I mean, there's teams in this league who can't even find one competent receiver, and we have two of them. We have Rudolph, who Kirk Cousins has gone on the record several times and said, this guy has the best hand of any receiver I've ever played with. All pro tight end. You have Irv Smith. Do you know what Josh McDaniels and Belichick would do if they had those two? Like, they would be drooling if they had those two guys, the kind of plays they could run. And you have arguably the best back in the league. So, like, for them to look this anemic, not just today, but in so many games this year against, like, you know, big primetime matchups, like, you look at that Bears game early in the year against Chase McDaniel, like, I don't understand how you have this much talent and you just look that flat. And, you know, last thing I want to say is that if you look at, you know, Mike Zimmer two out of the last three years, you have fluky playoff wins. Like, it literally took a Stephon Diggs miracle win versus Saints. They almost botched that game. Last week, look, I give, you know, hats off to Zimmer. They had a good game plan, but they almost blew that game, too, at the end. So it's like there's a big enough sample size to show that under the Mike Zimmer era, this team largely shows up unprepared and flat in big moments. Yeah, that's Manny, all got to say. bring in the passion, man. Thanks, Thank Manny. you for the phone call. We appreciate yeah, the you. La- the last games of of what, 17, 18, and 19 are disturbing. Yeah. They're definitely disturbing. But to his point, I don't think it's a secret how Mike goes about his job or uh, potential mandates that he gives to his to his um, um, offense. We know, right, Phil? He tells him to run the ball. Mm-hmm. Like that's this is not a surprise. This is not a. I wonder if Mike is no. Mike is saying Mike brought in Kubiak because he felt that Kubiak's vision to redesign the offense was what he thought was right. Mm-hmm. So this is not a. If Kevin Stefanski gets the Cleveland job, the Cleveland will likely do things that the Vikings aren't doing. I'm sure he'll borrow things, but Kevin Stefanski. It Mike has clashed with every offensive mind who doesn't do what Mike wants. So, so this is there's nothing I, I don't think going on internally where if we found out we'd say that's shocking. This is what Mike wants. Well, but okay, but if you're not saying it's right, but it's what he wants. But then if you want to play defense and run the ball, then you as a coach and you as a front office need to make sure you have five absolute road graders up front that yes. can help you do that. What is your vision? Yes. How do you implement your vision? What are the pieces that you need to implement your vision? And if you're at that bargaining table with your with your front office and Rick Spielman, and you're trying to figure out, well, okay, my vision as a head coach is to play defense and to run the football. And to do those things, I need Anthony Barr. Like, I mean, that's... That that's the I mean, that's where the conflict thing. is. That's where you have to the internal conflict with Mike. Yes, that's where that that exists. But that that is, you know, they could have said to Barr, "If you leave, you are done here." It would have been very simple. And yeah. yes, he would be missed. He's a nice player. But if you could have then spun his salary into a really good left guard, that's a really important position. Yeah. By the way, Brandon tweets in here at Score North. Brandon says, I've tried to call over 40 times. He even took a screenshot of his phone. He's tried to call Ventline 42 times since we started the show, but our phone lines have just been full, and it's hard to get get him in. in. I feel bad about that. Well, he said, I'm just going to tweet you my question. Should we bring back Pat Shermer if Stefanski leaves or bring in someone entirely different from what they've had? Would you look to bring back Pat Shermer, or would you bring in somebody else? Kubiak's not leaving, right? Well, but it's Kubiak. He's not going to be the offensive coordinator. No, but they would probably make his kid... They they would probably I mean he brought in he brought in as cousins friendly a system as you possibly can yeah and if you're asking me would I now replace Kubiak for Shermer with Cousins the answer is no I wouldn't so if Gary's here Kevin Stefanski again I'll say it 
I think he did a really nice job. If you think that he was actually the sole person who ran this offense, you're crazy. This offense was designed by the the, the very nice storyline that was put forth by the Vikings, and I don't blame them, was Kevin went to Gary and said, I'll learn your verbiage and system instead of going with what I know because it's simpler for one person to learn than for everybody to... So, that's a nice story. It sounds really, really good. It makes Kevin seem selfless. But the reality was, Kevin Stefanski ran an offense that was designed by Gary Kubiak, which, by the way, has been really successful Mm -hmm. elsewhere. So, this notion that if Kevin leaves and then, oh my gosh, what are you going to do at coordinator? Gary Kubiak, it's it's his... baby, and if Gary wants to stay, and if Mike stays, my guess is Gary stays, they will put Clint Kubiak, and we can debate about this, but they will put Clint Kubiak as the OC. How old is Clint Kubiak? He's got to be around his 30s. I mean, he's somewhere in, uh, my guess, 32. Okay. By the way, the, the Ravens just kicked a field goal, a little 49-yarder the from the greatest kicker right of all now. time, Justin Tucker. It's 14-3 to now, a Titans lead. Great opportunity. Vikings vent line. Eric and Bismarck. Hey, Eric, actually, I want to put you on hold there. Turn your radio or speakers down so that uh, we don't get that feedback. Kyle in Denver, you're on the show. Hey, appreciate it, guys. You guys are doing a great job. Really appreciate you doing the show. Oh, thanks, I'm impressed Kyle. you were so- sober enough to do a radio show after today's game. Well, what uh, time is like, it? There's still plenty of time. I plan on clanking some claws at some point before the night is over, Judd. Yeah, you're absolutely right. We did that today. Uh, nice. Clint Kubiak <laughs> is 32, so we got that out of the way. Okay. Thank you. Um, I want to compare the Vikings to two NBA teams that no one cares about at all. Uh, the Atlanta Hawks, uh, they had Millsap, Corver, Teague, it's just a team that made the playoffs yeah. at the time and was ultimately never relevant. Yep. Uh, I'm a Nuggets season ticket holder, which also no one cares about. That's what the <laughs> Nuggets are destined to be. I, I feel like that's what the Vikings are right now. I mean, they're they're a good team, but they're just simply not good enough. I'm 27 years old. I don't really have a, be- a reason to believe that they'll ever win a Super Bowl in my lifetime. I would really like you guys to talk me off that ledge and convince me why the Vikings will win a Super Bowl in the next 25 to 30 years. So I want to look... <laughs> beyond the current scheme and tell me why the things will turn around overall in the long term. Appreciate it, guys. You guys are the best. 30 years. If I make that long, I'll be 80. Um, I would say because the organization is so consistently relevant and lots of times pretty damn good that yes, if, that eventually they have to. like Because the Hawks, right? The Hawks were were um, solid, not great, but they also had terrible years. Like the Hawks would be down for extended periods of time. Yep. The Nuggets, the Timberwolves. Like I can't, I can't sit here in good conscience and tell you, in the next thirty years, I think the Timberwolves are going to win a championship because of that. No, they've been down for too long. The Vikings are relevant. They are good. The Wolves, we can criticize them, but you know what? They'll spend. They care a lot. They mm-hmm. care a lot. And, and they're going to try to get things right. My point about them being scared is if you sit down and say, okay, let's blow this up. Let's fire Mike. Let's fire Rick. You got to make, go, go out now and find people who are going to keep you not at the top, but really, really solid and good for a, another extended period of time. But I do think that if we're talking about the next 30 years and the question is, why are the Vikings going to win a championship? It's because they are usually sniffing around the territory yeah. that one of these godforsaken years, Phil, can get you to a championship. Yeah. It's actually pretty amazing that they haven't won a championship yet, considering how relevant they've been. They're one of the best franchises to have never won in any of the four major pro sports 
to to We've never have won that, a championship. Right? It's crazy. Yeah. How many how many other franchises in any of the four major sports leagues in this country have been as good, solid, and at some at some points really good? Yeah. For fifty to sixty years, and have never won a championship. It's like the Buffalo the, the Bills, Utah Jazz, for like twenty years. The Bills got bad. Mm-hmm. Like, like the Bills had they had the Vikings like run of their own in the nineties, but then they fell off the cliff and got really bad. Yeah, you can't go back since uh, Bud got here in nineteen sixty seven. Go back and look at how many really bad years we, we can name them on one hand. I believe it's like five. I mean, Eighty four. Like Les Deckel, Yeah, the Frazier year. When they got bad, 2010 was still six wins. It was a train wreck, but the, it was six wins. The, the Denny into Tice transition year was really bad. Yeah, but it's. I think I think since 1967, this franchise has had, if you were to consider really, really down bad years, probably a handful of times. Yep. David in Minneapolis, you're on Vikings Ventline. Good evening. Um, so first of all, my biggest pet peeve, I include myself in this, is fan gullibility. Um, <laughs> I've... <laughs> If, if the Vikings were a girlfriend or boyfriend, our friends would be telling us to get a restraining order against them. Um, they're no good for us. Um, so going forward, what I was going to say was, like, we all know the offensive line is terrible, right? And that's with that with the line status quo as it is, they're a six to ten win team. They're not going to make any long deep playoff runs, um, but. To make those changes, they're going to need cap space next year. The the, the Vikings, I know, struck, the contracts can be restructured and, and they can dump contracts, but the way they stand right now, they're dead last in the NFL. They're like five million dollars projected, five million dollars over the cap, um, and all everyone else in the division is twenty to forty million dollars under. The top ten teams are sixty to a hundred million dollars. So I don't know how you're going to improve your offensive line if you have no cap space. And if you you're not going to improve, you're basically just going along for for a period of time, being a mediocre team at best, and then you're going to have these terrible contracts of players that are past their prime with big, huge, inflated contracts like Xavier Rhodes, and you're not going to be a very good team. Yeah, I mean, you bring up points about the salary cap that are valid, David, and part of the issue is if you are trying to fix your team or a position via free agency. It's not all up to you. The Twins are finding that out right now. The Twins, all right, going to go offer $100 million to Zach Wheeler because he's going to sign here. Oh, he wants to live in Philadelphia. Oh, okay, okay, well, okay, Madison Bumgarner. Oh, oh, he wants to take less money because he has a ranch in Phoenix and wants to play in Arizona and loves the National League, right? He wants to be with his horses. All right, well, what about Josh Donaldson? Oh, he's a a Southern guy who really loves Atlanta and is just going to, I mean, like, for for the Vikings... You can go into free agency and say, all right, well, we got some money, and if you don't have enough money, that's a problem, which they might not compared to other teams. Well, there might be, and I haven't looked at the free agent list, but we need a guard. Okay, well, well, there's like two needle-moving guards, let's say, in free agency. Mm-hmm. Well, you're at the mercy of potentially like where that guy's wife wants to live. It's no longer up to you. The only thing that you can control is who you draft, and that's where the Vikings are in a tough spot because even if you, let's say you draft a guard in the first round, well, is that guy going to be good enough in his rookie season in a win now window that might be closing to help you? And win you're a drafting Super Bowl? where 25th, 26th. Yeah. So the answer is probably no. Yeah, he might be good eventually, but right now, probably no. I would honestly, I would look long and hard at trading up for Tua. I want to know 
Is Tua going to fade? If if Tua is going to fade toward the bottom end of the top ten or outside the top ten, yep. I would look. To, I would look to move up to get my franchise quarterback for the next ten to twelve years. And you don't build your team by by going out and signing guys. You supplement your team. You improve your team, but you don't build your team that that way. Like you're not. You're not going to cut a bunch of guys and then get to March and sign five or six guys and yeah. things are great, right? And and keep in mind too, when it comes to quarterbacks, finding them extremely uh, difficult because as much as Vikings fans get mad at Cousins, there's no question that Kirk Cousins is one of the top free agent quarterbacks to hit the market in how long? Yeah, like he's one of the best. That's as good as you're going to do. If those guys are that good, if those guys are trusted, they're signed. They're franchised like Kirk was, and then and then they're signed. Yeah. So you're not going to. There's not going to be the next Tom Brady who's just going to magically walk away, unless you go get Tom Brady himself. There's not going to be that would be kind of funny. that guy at 25. Yeah. You know, Kirk is Kirk is the best the Vikings could have done, and it's probably not enough, and that's too bad. But they didn't like whiff. They they didn't. There weren't three guys out there, and you said, "Oh, all of them are." This is not a Trubisky draft pick. No. So you improve your team on the market by supplementing and signing guys that way. But folks, we're we're not going to get to March now, and all oh, the Vikings have cleared all this cap room. They just signed five guys, and now it's a Super Bowl team. Not how this works. Yeah. Real quick, Judd, I just want to I want to give some love to. There's a, there's been a, a group that's been watching on our Twitch feed, the Scornorth Twitch account, twitch.tv slash Scornorth, and there's been a group that's been watching for two plus hours, and I just want to I want to shout you guys out and say thank you for watching us on the Twitch stream, Twitter, Facebook, video streams have been rocking it for two and a half hours now, and all of you who've been listening on the Scornorth app or on AM fifteen hundred, we're still rocking here on Vikings Vent Line. Let's go to St. Paul, Abe in St. Paul, you're on the show. Oh, hi. Say, I called last week. I said that to Jed that Vikings in New Orleans is a very weak team and San Francisco is the toughest. Now, the problem with the Vikings is the quarterback, but that he's the least mobile quarterback, you know. And uh, he's like Zach Prescott, two losers. You think, do it, you, think Dak, like Dak. you think Dak Prescott's a loser? Yes. He's an empty suit. I think they should pay him. Ten thousand a game. <laughs> 10, I like, I like Dak Prescott. He I might think he's say a no, he's not. He's not a passer. Now Russell. Uh, <laughs> some team matches up with some team. The San Francisco, they have a hard time with mobile quarterbacks like uh, Seattle and Arizona. I think that's pretty much it. I, I think Green Bay, if they go there, I don't think they can beat San Francisco and Frisco. You know what I mean? I agree yeah, with that. I, I, now. The I agree with that one now. That pressure, I told you guys that that Trump, their people are back. That pressure is unbelievable. But teams like I would love to see a Super Bowl between San Francisco and Kansas City. That would be something. You might, you might, man. Especially because Baltimore's on the ropes right now. I, 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 I had a feeling that with that kind of a style, that is not a proven football. I'm 62. I've been watching since the 72 for you know Super Playoffs. So what I'm saying is that we'll see what happens. Nobody can predict this. Vikings will play good against New Orleans all the time. If they would have won, they would have gone to Green Bay. They won't win. Seattle, they won't win. But you got to win. You should have won one game against Green Bay and Chicago. You could have had a home playoff. It would be number two you're right, after Abe. Frisco. You know what I mean? Abe, you're yeah. so right about that. 
Yeah, but that's the problem. You got you. Well, the first team to do a three-time on the road was the Oakland Raiders, 1980. They beat. I remember it. Yeah, Cleveland. Then San Diego was the Air Coriel. The Oakland 4-2-5 defense stopped it. You're singing my song. And then they beat Philadelphia, heavily favored. That only happens once in the blue moon. So we'll see. Nobody can predict these games, you know. Yeah. Frisco could lose next week. But I was hoping that we need a mo- him and that New Orleans quarterback is the least mobile quarterback. Even just touch him on his leg, he'll fall down. You know what I mean? <laughs> he did last Sunday. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Thanks, Abe. Take care, man. Enjoy your night. Enjoy your night. We're going to take two more calls here on Vikings Van Line. Two more calls. That's going to get us to 30 calls if we do it. And we probably, you know, honestly, like you and I had so many things to get off our chest in that first hour. And we we probably could have run even more than 30. We appreciate all of you who've called in. And if you, if, by the way, if if you're not going to be one of these last two and, and you, and you want to chime in, Judd is going to be anchoring two hours of Vent Line on Monday, but also, we have a three-hour aftermath block tomorrow morning, including two hours of vent line between ten and noon tomorrow, in which Doogie is going to be in here running phone calls. So you can you can definitely get your your thoughts heard, and you can always tweet at us. I'm at Phil Mackey or Instagram at Phil Mackey, and he's at Jay Zolgad on Twitter. Let's go to Eric in Bismarck. Eric, go ahead. You're on vent line. Hey guys, how's it going? I mean. Come on. Did any of us think we were going to win today? Uh, yes. No, not anyone. I can't yes. think of one person. 27-21 was my prediction. can't think of one person who peacocked and said the Vikings would for <laughs> sure win. I mean, you know, the same old thing comes up every time. It's the offensive line. Every year we go into the offseason, it's the offensive line. We don't do much to address it. And it becomes an issue every year. Um, I, you know, I'm fortunate enough to be in the state of North Dakota. Said no NDSU. one ever. <laughs> NDSU <laughs> won their eighth championship out of nine tries this year. We don't choke. It's like Walter White when he says, I'm the one who knocks. Not, can I survive the 49ers? No. I'm the one who knocks. I'm the one who goes into San Francisco and busts them up. It's not the Vikings, though. No, instead what you have is you have Mike Zimmer, who's basically Ron Gardenhier, and he says, <laughs> let's run. Oh, what's your personnel? Oh, it's people I can't block? Forget it. We're going <laughs> to run. How much did you pay for your quarterback? $84 million. We're going to run. Oh, wait, 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 wait. You paid $84 million for a quarterback and you're not going to pass like 60, 70% of the time? No, we're going to run. Okay. It's, it's, it's time to call a spade a spade. Mike Zimmer can say, my record is this, and he can do all this, but he's Ron Gardenhire. Get modern. Look at your staff. Look at your team. Build a game plan. I know this is going to sound weird. Well, I'm an NDSU fan, so we have, you know, championships and stuff. So you guys wouldn't, you guys wouldn't be able to relate, you know, to success. What do you mean? We have an Outback Bowl um, championship. Build what are you your game about? plan around what you have and then win championships. 
just a suggestion. Eric. But then again, eight out of nine. Go buy them. All right, Eric. Thanks, Eric. Thanks. Oh, that got a little obnoxious there. Eric is. Enjoy- I love Eric, but Eric that got is a little obnoxious. Eric is no question enjoying some drinks that I'd like to be having right now. We will sometime soon here. This has been a marathon session, man. This is, but this is good. This is therapy, and there's. I'm actually. I'm looking forward to flushing out because honestly, starting on Monday, I'm gonna I'm gonna pump our chest a little bit here. Starting on Monday, no one is gonna be diving in to what's next for the Vikings more than we are here at Score North. I mean, we have Purple Daily every day, year round for two hours. Mackie and Judd with Rami. I mean, we are going to we are on to the next on Monday. on Monday too. Yep, weekday event line. There's gonna be some looking back Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, but a lot to look ahead to. And we'll be all over it, starting right now. But let's let's wrap Vikings Vent Line, this marathon session of Vikings Vent Line. And Steve, no pressure, man. We're going back to North Dakota here where Steve gets the final word. Go ahead. Well, thank you. I want to let you know I'm a first-time caller, long-time listener. Awesome, man. Uh, I enjoy you guys very much. Thank you. Um, I got to admit, though, I wish you wouldn't have related me to Eric of the past call, but uh, <laughs> can't blame you for that. I haven't quite imbibed quite that much. I'm more of an optimist, also, but I do have a couple points. Uh, number one, continuity. My question is this we have a defensive minded coach, and if you notice on the defense, we've always had continuity. Now, can we ever maintain offensive continuity without having an offensive coach? I mean, I would put it, I mean, look at, so look at the Niners, for instance. The Niners have an offensive-minded coach and, a, and an offensive innovator, and yet he hired a great defensive coordinator that has that defense really as the engine that drives that team. So if you get the right, if you have the right leader at coach and you're hiring the right people, you should be able to do both. Because it doesn't seem like the Vikings can maintain that course we get. Our continuity on offense is horrible, yeah. as you well know. We we go through coordinators like water. Uh, we we need to have some kind of continuity there, and I don't know how you maintain that in the system that we're in right now. And my other thing, my other point that I'd like to bring up or, uh, is that I do think that you're on to a good point there. I think we need to step up in the draft and get us a quarterback behind Kirk Cousins. Mm-hmm. Whether he gets signed or not to an extension, we still need somebody that we can trust or put in place. And we don't have that right now. Yeah. So who do you think is able to do that? Is that going to be Kubiak? They would be picking him? He would definitely have a say. Him or no, no, no. And I, I don't think Mike would. I, I think Gary would definitely. I mean, if Gary's going to be. This is the problem. Thanks, Steve. This is the problem, too. Are all these guys staying after 2020? I'm assuming that they're all going to be back. I don't know what the extensions are going to be. My, That's my, coming down this week, right? Not not having digested today fully yet, here's my guess. So this is just a quick guess. My guess, and fans are going to bristle, but my guess is that the Welsh are going to give Spielman and Zimmer extensions. Yeah. And my guess is they're going to get two-year extensions on top of, of the, on top of the um, contracts that were executed for 2020 already. So it's going to be basically three more years, all right? 
Now the question is this, and here's a question that, that I can't answer and have been unable to for a week plus, the Cousins factor here. I don't know that you're going to extend Kirk because I don't think Kirk's going to take a team-friendly deal. And I also think that there has to be a serious conversation about it's not that Kirk's terrible, it's that do you want to tie up that much in Kirk? And if you are going to keep Rick and Mike here and not extend Kirk, and so, and this is not a huge deal, but if Kirk goes into 2020 as a lame duck year, which, okay, happens, not huge. But then, to the caller's point, Phil, I think you have to seriously sit down and say, we have to have a plan behind him. And drafting a guy is that plan Mm -hmm. because think about how much different the dynamic of this current team would be if you had a functional quarterback who wasn't eating as much cap room. And fans come come back now and say, well, but Cousins' contract's not that bad now. That's not the point. It still eats a lot of your cap room in a cap league. And this is a team that likes to keep players. That's and the the caller that brought this point up, and it's a great point. The Belichick philosophy is, you've done a great job, and I love you, and I'm cutting you. Too mm-hmm. bad you're gone. You're gone. You're gone. You're gone. The Vikings' long held philosophy, which predates uh, Mike for sure, and basically I think goes back to the year the Wills bought the team, is to reward guys with favorable contract extensions who have done a good job. But they keep people here. They like to keep people. So if that's the case, and you're going to put this whole pie together, Phil, the reality is you've got to be thinking, how can you get a quarterback who for five years is not going to sap you? Yeah. Boy, I am... A lot of stuff to digest here. I'm very, I'm very excited for... Let's, let's let this... There's probably 72 hours of looking back on this game and trying to figure out what went wrong and who's to blame and all the things that we've been doing here on Ventline. But this is one of the juiciest Vikings off-seasons I can remember with so many different things that you could, different paths. Everything from blow it all up, I don't think they're going to do that, but everything from blow it all up to replace one of the key figureheads to remain status quo, I think, is on the table. And it's 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 going to be fun. I, I really think it's going to be, we're going we're gonna to go from, well, this is a buzzkill and this is disappointing to look at all the different options that they could potentially explore here starting in a couple of days. I think the one I think the one part of the equation that cannot be ignored by the team is the quarterback position and at least a semblance of a plan. Yeah. Right? Cuz if if Zimmer gets extended and Rick does too, fans are going to grumble and I sort of get that. Mm-hmm. Uh but I could but I think it's going to happen and it's not going to shock me. But if you just say, let's run things back in 2020, Kirk's back, and uh, you know what, we'll bring back uh, or we'll sign a guy again to back him up who's not our long-term guy, you're going to have a problem. Mm -hmm. So I think the one part of this equation that has to be addressed in some semblance, in some way, in some form, is we're going to have to get some type of indication about what their plan is at quarterback. Yeah. I agree, and this has been this has been therapeutic. Hopefully, it's been therapeutic for, for you listeners. Yeah, this was. We appreciate you. This is great. Three hour marathon Vikings vent line. This is a wrap for post game Vikings vent line. We wanted to continue next week, but the Vikings wouldn't let us because they got their asses kicked today. You can find Vikings vent line in podcast form on the Score North app, Apple, or Spotify. For AJ, who's been taking calls all season, doing an awesome job on Vikings vent line behind the scenes. Judd Zolgad, Phil Mackey, for Danny Cunningham and Manny Hill, who've also played a part in Vikings Vent Line. We have enjoyed this season. And Rami filled in a couple of times as well. We'll talk to him again on Monday. We've had a blast riding this roller coaster with you, and we would appreciate if you would share the word about Score North to a friend, five friends, on social media. Uh, 
Thank you. And Judd and I are going to go, in the words of Brad Childress, pour a cocktail the size of Judd's head. (laughs) Good night. This holiday, whether you're making a Baker's Simple Truth Turkey for 40 or a Murray's Baked Brie for two, Baker's has fast, fresh delivery and free pickup so you can make holiday meals that bring you all together to create memories that last. Baker's, fresh for everyone. Free pickup on orders of $35 or more. Restrictions may apply. Get more ways to save at the Buy 5 or More Save $1 each sale. Just buy five or more participating items and save a dollar each with card. Baker's, fresh for everyone.